Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. The Cavs got a break. That's coming right up. But right now it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Here he is, my partner and friend. The one, the only, Brian No. Hello, B. How are you? What's going on, Andy Furman? What, what'd you get into last night, huh? You have a crazy night? What's going on with you over there in the, the great state bit. of Ohio? Well, I laid out in the sun all day long. Let, let me ask you a question. Here's the question for you. And we're close okay. enough I could ask you this question. When yep. did graduation parties become getting vogue? I mean, I, I was, you know, the neighbors in the, in the neighborhood here, they invite you to the high school graduation of their kids or whatever. So we went to one of those graduation parties yesterday, stayed for about an hour. And I'm scratching my head and talking to my wife. I said, you know, I graduated high school. I never had a party. I graduated college. I never went to my college graduation. They mailed a diploma to my house. So I, I'm saying, like, this is like a big deal now. I, and I, I don't know if it's a big deal in this region where I live. Did you have a graduation party for high school and or college? Did you? Oh gosh, I know for high school I did. I really? can't remember for college. Yeah, yeah, my my family was definitely there for college. 
My sister got married two weeks after I graduated college. So there were like back-to-back celebrations. But yeah, man, this has been going on forever. I actually went to my uh, cousin here in the Nashville area. Her daughter graduated kindergarten. Oh my! I went to that. I went to that literally this week. Should have had a party for that. A little party. Yeah, we went over back to their place and they they ate pizza and uh, had some cake and some treats. So yeah, yeah. That's Look, some I presents to, for it. Yeah, it's great. I hate to rain on anybody's parade. I don't want to be, uh, you know, the the guy in the black robe here, but I, I just think it's somewhat ridiculous. But you know what? Fine, you know, do what you got to do. It was nice. I went over there yesterday. Everybody's having some food and drink, whatever. Listen to you, but Listen still, you. I, I just found Down it ridiculous. On graduation parties. I think it's unbelievable. You know what? Someone's going to call up today and agree with me. Oh, stop it! It's a waste of time. What what next are you going to have a problem with? Just like oh, the holiday geez. of Christmas, are you going to come guns blazing? You make me Christmas into a Scrooge. <laughs> you make me into Scrooge. You really I do. Make, and maybe you I make am. yourself into a Scrooge. This is like anybody like pointing the finger at Ty Lue saying he threw Jr. under the bus. No, Jr. threw Jr. under the bus. Okay, like it's not me making you look like a Scrooge, Andy Furman. Well, all I know is this: there's some people. There's one person out there today. And Fox Sports Radio Land is going to say, you know what? You're right. It's ridiculous to have these parties. You know why? Because it's almost, it's expected to graduate high school. It's expected to move from kindergarten to first grade. Why celebrate? Why have a party? It's an expected situation. You have to do it. There would be like having a party for the Golden State Warriors after they beat Cleveland the other night. It was expected, right? Why party? What if LeBron like James wins the MVP award? Now he's not going to do it this year, but that's expected too. Really, it should right? Be. So you wouldn't you wouldn't have a a party? You wouldn't have no. any type of celebration? You'd just be like yawn, expected, move on. Really? Well, well you know what? That's his business, not mine. I'm just hey, real, real quick story. Real quick story, Scrooge. Yeah. I mean, Andy. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the graduation party. I thought this was funny. So. We went over to my cousin's place. She's married to a Dolphins fan, by the way. Highly you, intelligent so guy, that. this guy, Colin. Love this guy, yeah. yeah of course so anyway, do. we go back, and some family and friends are over there celebrating, whatever. And so they got some pizza. So the pizza guy comes to the door. Now, it's Connor and Elena, and they're mm-hmm. roughly ages six and five, seven and six, somewhere around there. I'm a little fuzzy on the ages exactly, but Connor goes to the door, and he's very talkative. And he's like, oh, rolls. That w- that's what he calls the breadsticks. He calls them rolls. <laughs> and he's like, hey, can I have it? And the pizza guy's like, sure. So he gives him the two pizzas and the the uh, the breadsticks on top. And he goes, thanks. Love you. <laughs> he told the pizza guy he loved him. I thought that was hilarious. So when he told me he loved me before I left, I was like, wait a minute. You love me more than the pizza guy, right? It's hard to tell with Connor, you know? He's a loving guy. I Had to get good. clarification. I need to spend some time with him. Maybe it'll rub off on me. Really, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Right. You know, you never know. Humbug. All I know is this: that we got Game Two tonight in the NBA. Cavaliers at Golden State. You know, everybody knows what happened in Game One. A lot of drama, a lot of melodrama. You know, a lot of activity, which is great. But the coach and, the, and all the fingers right now don't point to J.R. Smith. We'll get into that. They don't point to anybody. Not even LeBron. They point to Tyron Lue, the coach. We want to see what he is made of tonight. Will the team crumble? Will he bring them together? And even after everything that happened in Game One. The head coach of the Cavaliers, Tyron Lue, feels his team is ready to go. This is what he had to say at the media availability on Saturday. Take a listen. Watching film today and just showing some guys where we can get better. Um, all the guys are in a great spot right now and in a great, you know, great position. So they all feel good. So we're ready to go for game two. 
Well, you know what? What else is he going to say? But the point is this. He's got to keep this squad together. They could really fall apart after what happened. And there's some good news because Kevin Love won't be suspended tonight after he ran on the court while he wasn't checked into the game. And Tristan Thompson fined 25000 for failing to leave the court. He gets a flagrant one, moved down from a flagrant two. So, you know, there's some decent news right there. And I guess LeBron James, who was poked in the eye by Draymond Green, he says he's getting some treatment now for his eye with eye drops. So, you know, basically they're in pretty decent shape coming back well I look at it and there's all these positive comments from the Cavs heading into game two and I get it that's the way they should be looking at it they're trying to make the best out of a horrible situation they had game one right there in their grasp and they let it go but I wonder what happens when they're down if they face a run from the Warriors, where, of course, the Warriors are going to play great for a couple of minutes, a few stretches here and there, they might have a 10, 15-point lead at some point later tonight. What happens then? For everybody who's like, well, you really feel good about heading into Game 2, and you know what? We looked at the tape, and we did some positive things, and I think we have advantages to exploit, and yada, yada. What happens right. when you're down by 10 points knowing that you should have had game one, then what happens? That's the true test. It's not heading into game two. It's when things are going really badly in game two at some stage, not to revert back to thinking about game one. Because if they do, game two is a wrap. Well, there's no doubt about that, and certainly you could blame players to see how they react on the court. You could look at the third quarter because that's when Golden State usually turns it on. But it's all about Tyron Lue. Will he cut a timeout? Will he make the proper substitutions? Will he put the guys in that really have to go? And really, you know, you look at a game that you know LeBron puts in 51. It's the only time in playoff activity that a guy scores 50 or more and his team loses. I mean, you got 70-plus points between Love and LeBron, and you still lose the freaking game? I mean, come on. I mean, you got to get some support from the Larry Nances of the world. I mean, some of those guys who played on that game, and I looked at that game, I watched that game on Thursday night, they looked like JV basketball players. They really did. I mean, it's LeBron. I mean, for me, and, and I, for the longest time, I said LeBron James is going to probably stay in Cleveland. He's from there. His wife's there. After that game, I said to myself, he's got to be saying to his wife in the hotel room after the game, are you kidding me? Am I going to play with these guys again next year? Without me, this team wins 25 ball games. I mean, he's got to be saying that right now. Well, let me go with this. Do you blame Teron Liu or LeBron or anybody for not calling timeout when J.R. Smith just felt like dribbling the clock out? Because <laughs> I've been hearing that a lot. Some people are pointing the finger at anybody not named J.R. Smith. Are you one no, of those you people? No, you can't. There's, there's no way. It, it was a brain fart. There's no, bad, no big deal. And he's changed his story several times. We'll get into that, I'm sure, later on. But the point is this, that you expect more from a pro. You don't want to play with a guy who's like that. I mean, it, it's just crazy. You know, and it's not the first time that J.R. Smith has done something like that because I'm a long, long-suffering long Nick fan, and he did it when he played for the Knicks, and I got a verification for you later on as well. Right. Yeah, I don't blame T. Lou. I don't blame LeBron. There's just there's 4.7 seconds left when George Hill misses the second free throw and Jr. grabs the ball. And if you watch LeBron, LeBron has one of the highest basketball IQs in the history of the game. That's not overstating anything. And if you watch LeBron while J.R. Smith is dribbling around, there's this, like, what is he doing exactly right, right. look on his face? Where he's just trying to, like, is he trying to set up a fadeaway shot? He's looking and processing, like, what's he doing exactly? And that takes some time for everybody who's playing armchair point guard, I guess, for basketball instead of armchair armchair quarterback. 
There's no way in that moment you're processing it immediately. I remember watching at home. It took a little while for me to process, like, he's not trying to get a shot off at all. It took a little bit of time, and it was like, what are you doing? No, time and score. At no point was I or LeBron or T. Lou. It took time to be like, let's get a timeout. You're talking about under a second left when you're right. trying to get a timeout at that stage. I just wouldn't blame them. Don't blame them more than Jr. That's no, ridiculous. you can't. No, and I think there's a, a processing, as you mentioned, that goes on like scratching your head. Like there's a state of shock. Like what is going on? So by the time you overcome that state of shock, the time runs out. Because yeah. you just don't expect the guy to do something like that. By the time your brain is functioning, saying, what is he doing? The buzzer goes off. And then That's he, right. at one point in time, was quoted in post game. the game is over. He thought they won when he said the game is over. So he has so many different stories as opposed to what happened in his mind. Just come yeah. out. You know, At least he talked to the media because I thought he was going to hide. I thought he was going to run and hide. And no one really talked to George Hill, who if he sunk that second foul shot, they win that game. They probably win the ball game. No, George I'll tell you what, man. Probably was nowhere to be found. With J.R. Smith lying through his teeth after the game, I don't give him any credit for facing the music because he didn't. He lied about it. He's like, oh, no, I well, knew he the did. score. No, you didn't. No, dude. he did no, lie. It would have been he better. Lie. It would have been better if it was like hide from the media versus what he said to the media. Hiding would have been better. Hiding would have been a better uh, look compared to no, no, no. Compared to him lying through his teeth about knowing the score of the game, which he clearly did not. If it's just those two options, Andy, just those two, hiding would have been the better look for Jr. Well, Smith. I'll go like this: I'm going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt when I say that lying to me is is never good. Hiding is never good, and and maybe, and I'm just saying this: maybe I'm putting a little crack in the opening of the door. Maybe he didn't lie. Maybe he was so confused and so no, much in that no, state of shock no, because no. at one time he said, "I thought we're going to call a timeout." One time he thought that they were winning, and one time he thought they won the game. So I, I maybe he just didn't know. Maybe he's that stupid. Did you see the no, headline on no. the back page of the New York Post? You know what it said? Big bold letters. What a dope. That's what it said. And he is. He clearly didn't know the score, Andy. Good Lord. Like, let's keep it simple here. It's obvious he didn't know the score. So for him to say after the game, oh, no, 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 I knew. No, you're lying <laughs> through your teeth. Stop it. It's not that he was confused. It's not that he thought this. It's just his story is changing. You ever hear someone who tells a bold-faced lie they change their story quickly because they know no one's buying what they're selling. That's all JR is doing. He should have just came out and owned it and said, look, brain freeze of all time. My bad. I don't, it's, there's no excuse for it. I own it. Sorry. But for anybody who's giving him credit for speaking to the media, that's completely undone when he's lying through his teeth saying he knew the score when he clearly didn't. You don't get any well, credit for that. You, well, you know what, though? You may say he's lying, and maybe he was. Maybe he's confused. He was. We're going to go into the second segment. I I got some some quotes here, and he did change his tune, what he had to say. So is it a lie, or was he confused? We'll continue on that in in our next segment. I really do. I mean that because, you know, calling someone a liar, that's – he, he, in, he in that situation, lied, in that, I lied through know. his 
teeth. Uh, like, right on the... Look, no, 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 Andy. Just watch how it unfolded. When he was talking to LeBron, he mouthed something like, I thought we were up. And just the way he went to the bench, he didn't go to the bench thinking, you know... Uh, he went to the bench, his whole body language was, I blew it. It wasn't anything beyond that. It wasn't, hey, I thought someone else was going to call timeout. Time out. It was... I didn't know the score, and I completely botched that. So don't don't fall into the trap of thinking, oh, it's this. Or well, that. No, he's lying. He's a liar. Well, maybe he is a liar. Yeah, we'll see. for uh, you of all people, not I know, and I know you're shocked. Is out of body. What are you I, doing? I know you're shocked for you me to say that. You have a problem with graduation parties, but not J.R. Smith lying through his teeth. What is I wrong want, with I want you, to see Andy what Furman? the public has to say, and they can get to us on Twitter at The No Show, The N-O-E Show, at Andy Furman FSR, or you could give us a holler at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Our lineup for today. Later in this first hour, the Bronx Talk will have that with the lovable Sammy Kay. Hour number two, bottom barrel betting. And hour number three, Alex Marvez will join us, Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider, and of course, knows picks. But now, here's a new twist. That's next. Another day, another story. We'll get to that in just about a minute, 20 past the hour. We call this Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian Noam, Andy Firmware, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And uh, let's get into this J.R. Smith story because you know me. Uh, I don't usually hold back, but I'm holding back using the term J.R. Smith is a liar, as you suggested uh, that he is. I'm re- I have some evidence. I got some evidence. Are uh, you ready for that? Okay. Let's talk about this basketball series right now. We had an overtime game. We talked about we're going to game two tonight. We had 51 points by LeBron. We had a scuffle. We had overturned calls. We had a disputed call. But what we remember most of all is this J.R. Smith thing with the seven, with 4.7 seconds to go. As you mentioned, Cavs down a point. George Hill to the line. Makes the first foul shot. Misses the second one. And away we go. That's when the fireworks start. Now, I got some quotes. Are you ready right now? After the game, Ty Lue, the coach of the Cavs, said that Smith thought his team was ahead. Quote, this is a quote from the coach, he thought we were up one. Come right back. The Smith said he knew the game was tied. A quote from JR. Quote, I was trying to get enough space to bring it out to maybe get a shot off. I looked over to LeBron and looked like he was trying to call a timeout, so I just stopped. Quote, no, I knew it was tied, said JR Smith. That's what he said. Smith said that he had thought his team was, if he had thought this team was ahead, as many suggested, he would have acted differently. Quote, if I thought we were ahead, that I would have just held on to the ball and let them foul me. This is what Smith said. So clearly that wasn't the case. So that's what he said. He was so confused. I, I don't think he, he's too stupid to lie. That's what I'm saying. All right. You take it then. Andy, my man. Dude. <laughs> Like, there's no way J.R. Smith was telling the truth after the game. There's no way. If, let's just go, let's say, I, I like to play a game here. If somebody's lying or, in order for this to be true, all okay. right? Like, all you're right. trying to decipher whether a, it's a lie or not. Or, let's just say your story is such. And you have to play, well, in order for that to be true, this would need to take place. Like, fill in the blank there. Okay. 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 Right. So, if J.R. Smith, after the game, is lying through his teeth by saying, oh, no, 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 I knew, I knew it was a tie score. Like, really? So, that was his path? 
He thought that he would just dribble around waiting for the Cavs to call timeout. Why would you do that? He wouldn't do that. You're talking about J.R. Smith. He is one of the best gunners in the history of the NBA. He doesn't turn down shots. And in this one instance where he could be the hero by taking a shot where he gets the rebound and he's in a position to have a putback, he's just going to dribble around. That's what you believe is the case. Really? Well, here's the thing. You know, his coach covered him. Tyron Luke said after the game that Smith thought the team was ahead. Quote, this is a quote from uh, Coach Lou. He thought we were up one. If he would have stayed with that story, he would have looked a lot better. Because, you know, dribbling out Andy. when you're up one. Okay, so. Andy. Yeah. Andy, you know, you're making this way more complicated than it needs to be. I'm not because okay? J.R. Smith, get this. Uh, yesterday, J.R. Smith backtracked on his post-game one comments. He had this to say. Listen to what he had to say yesterday. After thinking about it a lot, the last obviously the last 24 hours or however many since the game was over, um, I can't say I was sure of anything at that point. So, no. Can you believe that uh, now? Yeah, hello. Yeah, like that's that's the truth. He sold us a lie. No one bought it with half a brain because he wouldn't have behaved that way if he knew the score was tied. If he truly knew that, and that's what he said after the game, he wouldn't have behaved that way. No one that has any intelligence whatsoever believed that for half a second. It's complete BS, total garbage, and a bold-faced lie. There's you no know what, other though? way to cut it. And he knew that didn't sell. And so he's like, you know what? After thinking about it again, I I don't know. I'm not sure what was going on at that stage. Uh, yeah, yeah, because your actions would validate that you did not know what was happening. Right. Right, and the point is that you and I could argue from today till the doomsday if he lied or didn't lie, and I'm kind of coming over to your side again, but I still think uh, that he's more stupid than liar. Uh, but no, the point is this. No, well, But no. maybe, okay, I'll make you happy and say, okay, he lied, but because he tried to weasel his way out of it, making himself not look as stupid as he does look. But the point is this. It, it's such an embarrassing goof that he did, it's almost a waste of breath to say, did he lie or didn't he lie? He made the most asinine play ever, perhaps, in the world of sports, on the, on the sports' biggest stage, an NBA playoff game. That, that's even bigger than lying or not lying. The fact his actions are worse than his, his, his remarks. Well, his remarks made his actions worse. That's yeah. all it did by saying that. Oh, no, I knew what was going to stop it. Just stop. I actually, I have some post-game audio as well, Andy oh, Furman. You had some good. post-game. Here, here's actually some, some more J.R. Smith. Yeah, I'm a liar. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got that. Okay, you know, on, on Friday, they have a podcast called Off the Bench, and former Cavaliers executive Rajah Bell, who played in the NBA, he said he's not picking up what Smith is putting down. Uh, Bell played against Smith like 16 times during his career as a shooting guard, and he recalled Smith telling people with the Cavs organization that he loves taking the last shot and holding the ball when the clock runs out. And there's a quote from uh, Rajah. Everything I know about JR is that if he knows the time and score, he's going to get the shot up. So he doesn't buy Smith's explanation for the bizarre play. So basically, he's calling him out, saying he's a liar as well. Of course, in that instance, I'm not saying that he lies through his teeth every single day of the year and that's all. I'm saying in that instance, yes, just absolutely bold-faced lying, J.R. Smith. You know, and I would say this, what, what would you do? I mean, your coach basically covered your rear end by what Lou said. 
You know, Lou I think said it's funny. They, yeah. I mean, look, I think that, and not to cut you off, Andy, there are some yeah. people that look at what uh, Teron Lou said after the game as him throwing J.R. Smith under the bus by saying, oh, no, he didn't know. He thought we were up one. Some people look at it as him throwing J.R. Under the bus and criticizing him. No, and he's he, not. he made he's it just, look good. He's calling it like it is. No, he didn't. He's sure just he calling did, it like it is. What well, the point is is if if the coach says he thought we were ahead, which he had no idea if he was or not, he's dribbling out, thinking whether one by one. So he made him look good. <laughs> so that makes Jr. look good by not knowing the score of the freaking game at the right, end of thought, a final. What, really? Like that doesn't make him look good, Andy. But I'm not saying it's throwing him under the bus either because he Ty Lue is just calling it like it is. This is professional sports. Jr. is a grown man making millions of dollars. You right. have to be aware of what the score is at no the end doubt. of a game. No doubt. I mean, it's not making him look any better, but he at least verified why he thinks he did that. Why did he dribble towards the scorer's table and not put the shot up? Well, he thought we were up one. It doesn't make it right. No, should a pro not not notice time and score? Of course he should. But at least the coach kind of like tried to like get him out of the hole that he was in. No. You know, this, well, maybe so. You look, I, I think it was wrong. You don't no, normally expect that or see that on the on a professional level. You really don't. Rajah Bell, who I just mentioned, the executive, former executive of the Cavaliers, listen to what he had to say. We got his sound right here. Let's hear it. Everything that I know about Jr. points to the fact that if he knows time and score, he's going to get that shot up. It is. There's no question. Not not one. Not for one second do I believe that Jr. Smith thought that he was going to get an opportunity to shoot the ball. Ha, huh. so he's a liar. So he's a liar. So we're coming over. We're all coming over to Brian No. Okay, Fred. You know what? Maybe in that situation, to save face a little bit, you have to lie. Because you look no, like an A1 schmuck. No. I don't know. Andy, my goodness. You are so just, tell me. You're killing me on this whole J.R. Smith thing. Here's what you do. All right? If you are unaware and don't know the score of the game, and you make this colossal error, which we clearly know the only reason you're dribbling around like that is because you didn't know it was a tie score. Right. It's obvious. So don't sit here and try to sell us these lies. Oh, no, I knew it was tight. No, you didn't. Just come out there and own it and say, my bad, I completely screwed up. It's the worst play of my career. I feel awful. Done. That's all he had to do. He made it way worse by trying to sell us this lie that wasn't even close to believable. Not even close. You know, in this situation, I think I'm coming over to your side saying that he might have been better off not speaking to the media at all. Really. He may have been I, I, better off doing that way, really. Right, right. If it's those, if it's just those two, he should. If there's a third option, which oh. is oh. just own it and tell the truth, that was his best option. Well, but if it's yeah, between yeah. lying through his teeth and just avoiding the media, he should have avoided the media. He made it way worse by no, lying. No, I am with you. And you know what? How many times are they going to replay that tonight? How many times are you going to hear that tonight and see that play again? They'll start the game with that play. Not two, not three. Well, Thank you very four. much. All right. Right. I, I think it's funny in a way because the hmm. Warriors fans were booing Jr. because he he collided with Clay Thompson earlier in the game. Remember, right? And it's I could just picture the Cavs fans watching Game Two booing Jr. as well. Like everybody's just booing Jr. <laughs> right <laughs> on both sides. 
Brian, no Andy Furman. Get us on Twitter. We'll read those tweets at the No Show and OE Show and Andy Furman FSR. 877-99 on Fox. That translates to 877-996-6369. Brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes? Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Now, we're going to tell you that history does repeat itself. But first, let's go to Kevin Figures for the latest. All right, guys, we'll start on the ice where the Washington Capitals got a 3-1 to victory over the Vegas Golden Knights to take a two-games-to-one lead in the Stanley Cup final. Braden Holtby had 21 saves for the Capitals. Vegas losing consecutive games for the first time this postseason. Alex Ovechkin, by the way, is 14th goal of the playoffs, tied for the most in this year's postseason. In golf at the Memorial Tournament, third-round action, Tiger Woods shot four under 68 to pull into a tie for seventh. He is currently five strokes back, headed into today's final round. The U.S. Women's Open coverage beginning later today at 2 Eastern on Fox TV. Aria Jentanagram is the 12 is 12 under currently. She has a three-stroke lead over Sarah Jane Smith. NBA update: The Warriors guard Klay Thompson listed as questionable for Game Two of the Finals tonight, as he nurses a left ankle sprain. Though he does believe he will be able to play. Andre Iguodala did not practice Saturday. He's listed as doubtful. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Major League Baseball: The Red Sox scored three runs in the seventh inning to notch a five to four victory over the Astros. The Mariners with a 3-1 victory over the Rays. They pull into a tie with Houston for top billing in the American League West. Diamondbacks with a 6-2 victory over the Marlins. They have won four of their last five. Giants with a 2-0 victory over the Phillies. Dodgers hammer the Rockies 12-4 as LA scored eight runs in the seventh inning. Jock Peterson with two home runs in that one. Rangers notch a 3-2 comeback victory over the Angels. Nationals beat the Braves 5-3 in 14 innings. Cubs with a 7-1 victory over the Mets in 14 innings as well. Gentlemen. All right, thanks, Kev. We'll see you in about an hour. Brian O. Andy Furman, this is Fox Sports Sunday, and this was nothing new for him. That's coming right up. And, of course, we want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And less than 10 minutes, we'll have Bronx talk with my guy, Brian No. He's got a tweet, I guess, on this J.R. Smith deal. Let us have it. Well, no, there's one, uh, Calbert tweets us both, Andy, and I thought this was good. He just says, listening to your show while eating some Whataburger. <laughs> so there you go. Now, I think that, this is in the South, you ever have, some people call it Whataburger. I don't know the exact pronunciation of Whataburger or Whataburger. I always thought it was Whataburger. I, Whataburger. I think that's what people say. They often say Whataburger. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always look at it like, what a burger you know, right. but I do think you're right. I think it's Whataburger. I always hear Whataburger. Hmm. I wonder cares? if anybody calls it Whataburger. I don't know. Huh? You know, I am so confused right now because I came out here blazing against parties for graduation, and then oh, I gosh. came back trying to defend J.R. Smith, saying he's not a liar. Because uh, the, the, the term, when, when I hear the term liar, I just think the guy is just like a low life piece of garbage. You know, look, I, I understand on this situation, he probably did fib. He probably did fit, but the probably guy, no, no, okay, completely, yeah. Okay, like yeah. utterly, no doubt about it, lying through his teeth. And look, Andy, you're you're making it out to be like this is the description that's most fitting for him as a man and his everyday life. I don't know the guy at all. Right. All I know is after game one, he lied through his teeth, and to say it any other way is just not accurate. 
You know, I try to put myself in a position where I've been a PR guy in sports, and what do you do? Do you go over to JR after the game when they have that 10, 15-minute cooling-off period in the locker room and say, JR, are you going to meet the media? If you do, do you want to have a statement? Do you want to actually answer questions? What do you do? I, I think it, this is kind of like falls on, on the PR guy because he should have at least coached no. him or coddled no. him or say, look, give me a statement and stick with it. Tell me what happened. And he's going back and forth. I don't think any PR person went to J.R. Smith whatsoever. And I think Dude, that's important. Like, this is another... Andy, you're killing me this morning so far, my <laughs> man. Like, my goodness. All right, here's the thing. J.R. Smith, again, just like the play he screwed up, he is a grown man. All right? So you can't, as the PR guy, say, all right, all right, brief me on what you would say in this instance. If they ask you about the timeout, if they ask you about this, if they ask you about that, inevitably there's going to be something that someone says representing the organization that isn't a great look. You, as the PR guy, can't brief them on everything every time. So it's not on the PR guy to go up to JR and say, all right, JR, how are you going to go about this? Mm, saying you knew the score? No, 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 that's bad. Let's not go that way. Let's go this way. That's not on the PR guy. This is J.R. Smith, again, a grown man who is a professional, and he saw fit to handle it that way. He completely made it way worse by lying, but it's on him. It's not on Ty Lue for not calling timeout. It's not on LeBron James for not calling timeout. It's on JR for dribbling around being unaware. And in the post game, it's the same thing. It's not on the PR guy. It is on JR. Stop pointing the fingers at everybody but JR. No, I'm not. It's a no, joke. I'm not. And I, I think they were making, at least I am, I'm making the liar, non liar situation bigger than the stupidity he did on the court. That it takes the cake. And I'll tell you what, uh, you thought you may have saw it all when he dribbled out the basketball in regulation time on game one Thursday. Hey, not so fast. I mentioned the New York Post back page the next day on Friday. They said, in big letters, what a dope. Because if you're a Knicks fan, you've seen this before. And the date, January the 3rd, 2014. Smith, rather than wait for a final second shot, well, he shot a wide-open three-pointer in a game against the Houston Rockets. The score was tied, and 20 seconds were left in the game. He missed a shot, and the Knicks lost that game, 102-100, after two Aaron Brooks free throws with 17 seconds left. So this guy is not afraid to shoot, and he's been in situations before. As a matter of fact, J.R. Smith holds the NBA record for most three-point shots in a game. 22 shots in that game, 2014. He made only 10 of those that game. But he did not take a shot on Thursday night. And that, that one shot that he didn't take is going to be bigger than all the shots he's ever taken. Was that headline, what a dope or what a dope? Which was it, Andy? (laughs) It depends what part of the country you live in. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, you, Iowa Sam. Thank you. When you watched that game on Thursday night, and there was a lot of drama. There was the change call, the overturn call, the, the scuffles, the, the scrums, whatever. What went through your mind when you saw JR dribble the ball up? Because I'll tell you why. I, I heard three different calls. I heard the call on, on TV, which was, you know, it was all right. I mean, I think they knew what was going on. Then I heard the call on the Cavaliers radio network, which was excellent. Uh-huh. Because they, they pinned it right there. They said, what is JR doing? Then I call uh, the call on ESPN radio. That guy had no yeah. clue what was going on. He thought the game was over. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. He apologize. Mark so, Kestisher, who yeah, does a great job, he completely screwed up, and he was like, "The Cavs have done it." No, yeah, it's it, tied. My, my, bad. Bad. my bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's embarrassing. Yeah. That really. But that what went through your mind? It's... Weren't you like saying, "What's going on?" It's like, "What's happening here?" Right? It, one of those things. It took me a second to process what was going on because he's just dribbling around, and then when he was clearly outside the three point line. I'm like, what are you doing? Be aware. <laughs> be aware. Time and score. You have to be aware of that. And I'll tell you one thing that gets lost in all of this is that in all the panic, at least with J.R. Smith, I give J- Draymond Green credit where George Hill got this desperation shot. It probably wouldn't have been close. But you never know. And Draymond Green was at least aware enough to not lock in on J.R. Smith, and he drifted over to an open shooter, which was George Hill, and he blocked the shot. So you never know. You never know if George Hill just hit the lottery and a desperation shot went in. It never got close to the rim because Draymond blocked it. So at least someone was aware in all the chaos. It was Draymond. You know, and talk about the gambling aspect because you have nose picks here and you're our expertise as far as gambling is concerned. You know, it was a twelve and a half point spread going into the game, and it was back and forth. It never really was double figures until it went to overtime. So, as a gambler and the gambling situation, what happens now in overtime when you see that spread kind of move over towards that double digits? Well, I don't, I don't understand what you're asking, Andy. Like the the spread before the game was was twelve and a half or thirteen, okay, right around there. So, right, the Cavs still. Covered. If you went with the Cavs plus the points, you still won. You had to sweat it out a little bit at right, the end. There. Right. But for anybody who got bold and went Cavs money line, you know that was that would have been a huge win. You're plus much money if it was in game. You know they were down by ten points in the third quarter. If you went in game Cavs to win outright, you would have goodness, you would have had half your retirement right there, depending on what you laid down. So it's just funny to me, like anybody who's making it about everything but JR screw up clearly did not have any cash on the Cavs to win the game. Because if they did, and they stood a a great chance to win a sizable amount of money, they are crushing JR Smith right now. It's just funny to me that some people try to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because I haven't heard anybody blame anybody else but J.R. Smith in that game. And even, oh, gosh, even, Andy. Really? Yeah, the George Hill foul uh, shot, maybe? The second shot that oh, he should have made? It's all kinds of stuff. It's the George Hill missed free throw, which is legit. You should sure, blame him legit. for that. Because it was so it. short. He felt the pressure on that Well, there's no doubt. He choked throw. on that shot. They blame LeBron for passing it to George Hill and not being more assertive on his own. They blame Ty Lu for not calling timeout. They blame LeBron for not calling timeout. It's all this. They blame the turnovers and all these other things outside of J.R. Smith. It's like, look, there's more to look at than just J.R. Smith, granted. But if you want to just shove the J.R. Smith debacle to the side <laughs> as if it wasn't a major factor, you are out of your mind. That's part you. of the. That's one of the main reasons they lost the game. There's no doubt about that. Brian No, Andy Furman right here at Fox Sports Sunday. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's like a barroom brawl involving your mouth. Bronx Talk is freaking next. Bronx Talk coming right up about 11 minutes before the top of the hour. Brian No, Andy Furman together. We call it 
Fox Sports Sunday, and we are, of course, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's do it! Sammy K! Guys, it's time to channel your inner New Yorker. We want to hear all the irrationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. Get out of here! Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio. Hosted by the great Sammy K. This damn thing again. We're back at it. You can't get rid of me. I'm like a bad penny. I'm always going to show up. Don't sound so freaking enthused over there, Sammy K. Good Lord. I love it. Let's do it. I'm here. Let's do this thing. All right. Well, let's do it then. Get into it already. (laughs) Brandon Marshall. All right. He's been on. This is now his sixth team. He's done a one-year deal with the Seahawks. I'm asking you guys, can this guy give anything to Russell Wilson? They need some serious help in Seattle. Is he going to fit in or what? Fit in? I, I thought that Pete Carroll's getting away from those kind of guys. Richard Sherman's gone. Look at Michael me Bennett's gone. A ton of them for Brandon Marshall. He, he might not even make the team. What do you think, Dan? He might, he might not. I don't know. He might not even, he's got like one of those incentive contracts. General rule of thumb here, Sammy K, all right? You're not going to see a significant contribution from any player who's the same age as freaking Pete Carroll, all right? (laughs) It ain't going to happen from Brandon Marshall. You snarky SOB. No, I agree. I mean, he's you know he's in his what twelfth year now. I don't think you know what are we going to see like fifty catches, eight hundred yards if he's lucky. That's no, pretty good. No, That's too much. When's he going to have more oh, catches and more I arrests? Gave way too much credit there. What more catches and more arrests over there. <laughs> are you kidding me? Unbelievable. No way. <laughs> that ship has long yeah, sailed. It is. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what this guy can do. I wish him the best, but. Uh, you know, he's never really uh, clung on to a All team All right, for a long we time. got it. On with something else. <laughs> jeez, jeez, come on already. Okay. All right, so after a punchy end to game one of the NBA Finals, are we expecting a more peaceful game two? What do you guys Hell think? No. We're going to see some fist Hell no. If you didn't watch game one, you'll be forced to watch game two. It's must see TV. Is this going to boil over? I'm questioning well, that. Yeah. I want to know. Hell who, yeah. What, like, who's this thing is, if there is another close game, we could see this really get out of hand. We can see some Draymond get another T tonight in the first half. That's a betting line. Draymond Green with a T. I want to. Okay, so let me give. Let me give, run this by you guys. You get one coach or player from each team to fight another. Who you got? I'm gonna say for me, Zaza Pachulia from the Warriors taking on the old man Kendrick Perkins from the Cleveland Cavs. He's still got some fire in the belly. You're ready, Mike? We got no yeah. fire. Here's what I'll go with, Sammy K. Trash talking, Kendrick Perkins. Great I'm going Kevin Love. Versus Steve Kerr. And I'll tell you that. <laughs> because Perfect. Steve Kerr's idiotic stance of the NFL being idiotic for their anthem policy. All right? It makes no sense whatsoever to point the finger at the NFL when the NBA has a stricter and Why are you policy. bringing this up? Right. I want to see him get yeah, Steve Kerr's going to hurt his back. I got a good match. I got a good. This is a good on Versus J.R. I got a good undercard there for you. Kyle Bronx Ryan weighing in there with little swaggy beavers. Who? Yeah. What about Kyle Culver and Clay Thompson? That's a good undercard. All right, couple three couple three point shooters throwing the fists around. I love it. There you go. Yeah. All right. Last thing here quickly. All right. In light of this embarrassing Colangelo thing from the seventy sixes, I want to know something. Some listener, fan, whoever has said to you on Twitter or social media that was so vile and disgusting, you just remembered it to this day. I got a threatening my life call once in the radio oh my business. Goodness. Yeah, I had a I had a, a, a detective follow me home for about a week. 
guys, and they caught the guy. That's they caught that. put him away. That's insane, Brian. They were going to kill me. Oh, yes. my God. Brian, that's pretty food. crazy. Of course, par for the freaking course in this day and age on Twitter. Yeah, there's a death threat here and there. Death you know what happened? There, you know. They should put those bums in the clink as well. With that meat cliff. One person wants to go back in time. Wait till you hear this. But right now, it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Here he is, my guy, the man with the brains and the outfit, my partner and friend, the one, the only... Brian, no. Hello, B. What's happening? What's going on, Andy Furman? Good to be with you here on a fine Sunday morning, game two this evening. Yes. It's unfortunate, man, because if the Cavs found a way to pull that game out, we're looking at an interesting series, right? At least at the beginning of it, but them losing game one that way, this could be the beginning of a boat race. Yeah, and the question has to be asked because game two tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern uh, in Golden State. They're up one zip at 124-114 overtime win on Thursday night. What kind of carryover effect will be lingering in the minds of the Cavaliers? Let's let's think about this for a second. Let's put ourselves in Cleveland Cavalier uniforms if we can. Are you ticked off? Are you pissed off? Or do you say, okay, let's regroup. That's the normal thing to do. I guess let's regroup and try to show the public and ourselves that we have enough pride we can come back and overcome this because we did stay with them for four quarters. Well, look, anger can be a great thing in sports if you use it the right way. If the Cavs come in and they're ticked off that they let game one get away from them and J.R. Smith tries to prove himself and he's diving after a loose ball here or there, he's making wise decisions, they're just locked in completely, you can use that anger to fuel them in game two. But that could easily get you off track as well. I think the true test, Andy, is if they're facing a deficit tonight, if they're down by 5, 10, 15 points can they come back with Game 1 still on their mind? Because it's going to be really hard to leave Game 1 completely there in the past and not have it impact tonight. I don't think it's going to happen. If they get down, I think they're going to completely melt. Okay, now I'm, I'm asking you, your coach Ty Lue, do you start J.R. Smith tonight? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem starting J.R. Smith going forward. It's you got to show that... When a guy screws up, there are two schools of thought here, right? Where, let's take football. If a guy fumbles in a big moment, there are coaches that, he's out. He's out of the game immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there are other coaches that are like, you know what? We're giving you the ball right away again. Do you remember Kareem Hunt with the Chiefs the year he had last year for Kansas City? He fumbled the first game of the year right, against the Patriots. Imagine if Andy Reid was like, this third-round rookie, can't trust him. You're holding the hopes and dreams of every player on the roster when you carry the ball or whatever. You're on the bench, Rook. Imagine what would have happened his rookie season if that's what Andy Reid did. But he put him back in the position. He trusted him. And that's partially why you saw him have the stud rookie season that he did. And that's the psychology of coaching. You know, you could kind of kill a guy's psyche by not playing him again or, you know, feel real good about yourself. Say, the coach believes in me. I'm going to show him that. Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. 
You know, it, right. it's crazy. I mean, you either pat the guy in the back or, you know, give him a boot to the rear end. I mean, it's a tough call. It really is. J.R. Smith, you know, I think you got to go with I the guy. You gotta, yeah, you yeah. got to go with the guy and say, look, you know, uh, you, you're one of the reasons why we're here. You know, you're part of the, the group that won in 2016. You're on the club. Love was there. LeBron was there. And Lou was joking with reporters yesterday about what the team needs from LeBron but he really kind of said what we've all been thinking. Take a listen to what Tyrone Luke said yesterday. His performance is high anyway, but mm-hmm. it's super high after losses. He's had his best games this postseason. So that means he has to score 60 now, right? <laughs> well, got to score 60 tomorrow, then, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, after a loss, you know, um, you know, it's tough. But I think he always comes out and leads by example and sets a tone early, I think, offensively. And um, we need him to do that, especially on this floor and with their crowd and the way they play. We need him to set the tone early in all the games. You know, it amazes me, I mean, how much they expect from LeBron, and it amazes me even more how much he gives them. I mean, how much more? It's like taking water from a sponge and squeezing it dry. He gave you that's 51 J- points. Come on. But that's what Ty is saying. He's joking around like, gosh, I guess we're going to get 60 from, like, how much more can he give than what he's already giving? But I think he's joking, but in his heart of hearts, I think he means it. I really no, believe him no. because no. you don't because you don't know what you're going to get. You know, you probably get double uh, double figures from love. But other than that, Larry Nance Jr., what is he going to give you? Do you, you have any idea? You don't know. Andy, for- he's not expecting 60 from LeBron, okay? That's not what he's expecting. He would love it. He sure would sign he would. up in a heartbeat if that's right. what it ends up being in game two. That's not what he's expecting. He's basically saying, I don't know how much more this guy can give. He's already all world. The guy went for 51-8-8 eight and eight in game one. How can you expect more from that going forward? More than that going forward. It's like, look, man, I want to circle back to the JR thing because I think that's interesting. When you're talking about Ty Lue, should he start him? Should he bench him? You need JR to be confident. You need the role players to play with confidence. And it's just going to compound the situation if you bench the guy. He's not going to have any confidence whatsoever when you do have him on the floor if you bench him on the heels of Game 1. It's absolutely a benchable, hideous mistake. But you need the guy going forward. So why would you... Make it worse than it already is. Start him. Hopefully he regains some confidence because you're going to need that. There's no doubt. And you know what? After J.R. Smith, I think you really go down in talent. Not that I'm a J.R. Smith fan. I never really have been because the way he throws those balls up, I mean, it's always with him shoot first and think later. That's what he does. But getting back to game one, you know, with this so-called charge call, okay? If I may, let me just address this for a second because there was a story that came out, and you're going to love this one. Cavs are up to just about over 30 seconds to go in regulation. KD was called for a charge upon further review was overturned. James was then called for a blocking foul. KD made two shots. Here's one solution, and I know you may have missed this one, but I, I read this and I couldn't believe it. One solution by former disgraced NBA official Tim Donahue. He said the NBA should oh, replay gosh. the final 60 seconds of the fourth quarter. Can you believe that he'd come out and say that? Really? I can because he's Tim Donaghy, and he's just trying to get his name mentioned, essentially, uh. right? Like He's essentially hot take guy. Where he's like, hey, I got an idea. How about this? And we laugh and say, no, that's stupid, Tim. But Tim Donaghy gets his name mentioned. Well, that's I will essentially say this. what's going on. But no, they're not going to replay the final minutes, even though they screwed up. Like the block charge review, 
It never should have been reviewed in the first place. The trigger in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime, the officials can review whether a defender was in the restricted area or not. Okay, They can't go to the replay and say, hey, was it a block? Was it a charge? I don't know. Let's check it out. They can't do that. Okay, They don't have the power to do that. Well, let, let, what let me triggered just say- the review was whether LeBron was outside the restricted area or not. And to Teron Lu's point, LeBron was so far outside the restricted area, they never should have been reviewing it in the first place. No doubt. No doubt. I'm with you right there. But you know what? You could say what you want about Donahue because, look, he went to prison. He was gambling on NBA games. He spent 13 years as an NBA official. But I know he's been on the games, but he does know the rules. And said in the past five years, there have been games where they went back to the point of interruption to where a rule was missed and they replayed the final minute. Now, great, great. Do you think that's what they should do? No, I don't want to see that. Okay, then what are we talking about? Let me tell you what they should have done. And this is in the rule book. There are two differing officiating calls. One said there was a block. One said it was an offensive foul. Correct? If there's two differing officiating calls, what you should have had was a jump ball. Should have been a jump ball. That's in the rule book. That's what they should have had was a jump ball. And I'm waiting for the NBA to come out because they give you that two-minute report after every game. They I did. See. They did. And they said it was the well, right they call said it was the to right call, call it a block. Yeah. But that's the thing. They never should have been reviewing it in the first place. Exactly. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. Like It's all about the restricted area, and LeBron was so far outside of it, they shouldn't have been able to look in the first place. And I agree with your point, Andy. If the replay wasn't wasn't allowed, which essentially it shouldn't have been because LeBron was so far out of the restricted area, then they should have jumped it up. If there right. was a debate and it's like, I had a block, I had a charge, well then, dude, you got to jump it up. That would have been better than giving the the Warriors the the blocking foul on LeBron and Kevin Durant with those two free throws because, look, it's a weird thing, Andy, because it was a blocking foul on LeBron. He was moving to the side. He wasn't established. That's If there's nothing to do with the restricted area, that's a blocking foul. Ken Maurer missed it. I, I think that, I, I don't know the other official that had the charge. It might have been, uh, been Brothers. might have been Tony Brothers who had the charge. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, or the block, I mean. I think they should have jumped it up if there was a no disparity, doubt. but yeah, they, two they different went to the review. Calls. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? That's that's in the rule books. I mean, oh, one concluded it was a blocking foul, one indicated it was a charge on Durant. Two different calls, but a bing, but a bang, jump ball. It's in the rule book. Look it up. Right. That's where it's or, at. Or 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 one official because this happens a lot where there's a debate and they talk and it's like, no man, I had a really good look. I know that was a blocking foul or whatever. And it's like, okay. And then one guy says, all right, you probably had a better look. They hammer it out that way. But if both are really dug in, like, no, I know that was a block. No, I know that was a charge. Yeah, yeah jump it up. That would have been better. That's what it should have been. And you know what, though? Not only does it bother me with the changing of the call, that, that, that really irked me, but just the delay of game bothers me as well. You know, it's a game that's made for human error. You know, and one time it could happen that there is human error, and it happens, okay? But now when you have human error and add to the fact that you're having replay and waste 10 to 12 minutes and still get it wrong, 
I mean, because it should have been a jump ball. It, it really irks me. It really does. I, you feel the frustration. Did you see LeBron's face when they changed mm. that call? It, it took all the air out of the ball for that team. That's when it started going downhill. And then you yeah. add the, the JR situation. They, they were finished going to overtime. They were finished. That's why it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of, I mean, passion that they come out with today out of the locker room for, for the first quarter this afternoon. Well, I mean, look, Andy, it's it was a horrible sequence, I'll say that, with yeah. them going to the review, because they shouldn't have gone there in the first place. But they did, and of course, LeBron and Teron Liu, when Tony Brothers was telling them and explaining what the call was, the looks on their faces were just like, what? what? Like, you're prying this game away from us. You're completely hosing us with this one. But, Andy, after KD tied the score up, the Cavs took the lead, right? Yeah, like, it's not yeah. like it completely took all the wind out of their sails and all that stuff. It was just that, look, Steph Curry had a great and one. That gets lost in the shuffle. I think that Kevin Love shouldn't have fouled him. He was so It was point-blank range. At that point, why compound it? You either hammer him and don't allow him to get the shot off, or you just let him lay it up. At worst, it's a tie score. So Kevin Love is off the hook with this whole sequence at the end because they were down one. It was 107 to 106. He shouldn't have fouled Steph Curry. And then we get the whole sequence that everybody's well aware of with George Hill missing the one free throw and JR completely not knowing the score and then lying after the game. But it's there were multiple things that went wrong. It wasn't just JR. Just please, please do me the favor of not trying to apologize for JR's blunder. I'm not saying you specifically, Andy. Just anybody in general. I, I haven't heard anybody doing that. You know, the only oh, thing I Andy, the only thing, it hap- it, okay, it's, well maybe so. A lot. You know, you yeah. know what really bothered me more than anything else when uh, the ABC staff went to this so-called what Steve Jaffe, the the former official Jaffe. Guy, oh, yeah, I love yeah. Steve Jaffe. He wait, he's got to get a pair because he wouldn't he wouldn't what? comment if it was a, a, a block or a charge. He did say that. <laughs> didn't he say that LeBron's foot was stable and his left leg didn't move? He, give me an answer. He didn't give the answer in that play, right? I was waiting. Um, he didn't say whether maybe, it was a charge or a block. He wouldn't comment. He's it's, he's loyal to the officials. I understand. You know? you, you, conflict you know of interest over there, right? No, it's not. He works for ESPN now. He's got to leave that at the door. I know. I know. Hey, look, man. It's like one of those former NFL coaches that gets in the booth and they don't want to say anything negative about anybody. You know. So it's a little bit like that. I agree with you, Steve Javi. If they're going to go to him and they say, "Hey, Steve, what's the deal?" Say something, here? even if it's he's wrong. Just, yeah, he's explaining the rule. He's explaining the dynamics of it. He's more of an explainer than an opinion giver, right? It's not like they went to Stephen A. Smith and said, hey, Steve, what do you think about this? And Steve would say, hey, that's a block or whatever. They're going to Steve Javi to say, hey, Steve, explain the dynamics of this to us. And What's you have to watch Steve here? as an official. What would you have called? But That's what I wanted to hear. What would you have called, Steve? You were an official for like 15 years in the NBA. Did he ask him that? Did Mike Green ask him that? I believe they did. Say, what's the call? Are you I think, sure? I think when they threw to him, Steve, what's the call? That's Why do you go to him? What's the call? To I mean, explain. To explain what's going on. What, what triggers a review? Be? Can they review a block charge? No. It's got to be reviewing is he outside the restricted area. And then they can look at the block charge. He's explaining all the dynamics there. Sounds good to me. All right. I could have done the same thing Steve Javi did. Look at you, look at you, crushing Steve Javi, (laughs) crushing graduation parties, and apologizing for J.R. Smith. Look at me. 
I understand. Look at That's you, the way Andy. I am. Just look at you. Brian No, get him on Twitter at the No Show NOE Show at Andy Furman FSR or eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. That's eight seven seven. We're waiting to hear from you. Nine nine six six three six nine. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios in this hour. Bottom barrel betting in about a half hour for now. Hour number three. Alex Marvez the Sheik. He is Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider, and of course, we'll have nose picks. But there's another red face for the NBA. We'll tell you all about it next. Just call him a social animal. And that's right around the corner. 21 past the hour. We call this Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. Got some great news, though. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 50% or more on car insurance. Now, I got a tweet for you, my friend. I got a tweet for you. Are you ready? Sure. Chad Baker says, hey, Andy, JV, Steve JV. Clearly stated it was Javi. a What's wrong? It's, it's a well, he wrote JV. No, no. Who? I know it's Javi. but he wrote, Javi. But he wrote J-A-V-E-E. Isn't that JV? That's the way Chad Baker wrote it. So I'm, I'm reading yeah, I, it the way he wrote it. Steve Javi. I know, but I'm writing. Well, I, just, I want to let Chad Baker know I'm reading exactly what he wrote. But anyway, he says Steve Javi clearly stated it was a charge to him. You are allowed to be moving when taking a charge as long as you're in legal guarding position. He said it was a charge. So I guess hmm. my bear, I was commenting saying that I didn't hear him make a, a stance, take a stance. So basically, Chad Baker said he called it a charge. Good. I, I, I believe Chad Baker. How's that? Maybe it was the hate in your heart that <laughs> didn't allow your ears to open, Andy. I don't know. What you do you, you think? know, I will tell you this much. I, I don't know how you <laughs> how you watched that game on on Thursday night, but I uh, honestly had a rooting interest in that game, and I got really riled up. I was screaming at the TV set, which I don't normally do because I want to leave my my emotions at the door. I really want to come on these airways. You know, not much of a fan. Who are you I'm a rooting fan of for? Sports. Of course, Cleveland. LeBron, yeah. Cleveland, because I don't want to yeah. see the guy get trashed a- after the season if he loses the, t- the title, because they'll say he can't win the big ones, but a bing, but a bang, and all that, and the legacy garbage I want to hear. He's great. He's a great player. He's playing with garbage. That's his problem. He's playing with guys that if they didn't have him on the team, they wouldn't win more than 20, garbage. 25 games a year. All right, and I got a tweet me. for you, Andy. I got Go a ahead. tweet here. Check this out. It's yes, from Penman. Okay? Penman. Penman. He says, Mr. Furman. You are wise, consistent with your age and experience. Please exert yourself when faced with the young punk you work with. He is a snot-nosed bezervisser, the worst Whoa. kind of jerk to deal with in a social situation. Move on. Now, now, I did some research here because I didn't know what a bezervisser is. What it's is a German it? word meaning a know-it-all. Okay? And... I, I, I didn't know how to pronounce it, so I was looking up YouTube videos for the last couple of commercial breaks trying to pronounce this thing. So it's kind of like Dirk Nowitzki, okay, where you go I, with the V instead of the W and all can that. Can I you know? say something? That tweet will, A, never separate us, number one. And number two, I want to say this from my, my hand on my heart. I do uh-huh. not have a burner account, and I did not write that. I, don't, <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know if that was Colangelo over there or what. <laughs> right. The weird thing, though, Andy, is... I looked, and this dude had zero followers, so I was going to follow him, just based on principle for him throwing me under the bus like that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to follow this guy. Why did he tweet me? I'll follow him. it's gone. I refreshed my Twitter page. It's gone. It's nowhere to be found. I don't have him. 
I promise you, I don't have a burner account. I have a hard enough time keeping one account. Believe yeah. me. And, and speaking yeah. of burner accounts, that takes us right into this uh, Colangelo situation. Look, let's talk about the 76ers for a second. We had the 76er fans uh, several weeks ago saying they're going to go all the way. They're gone now. But here's the order of events for the 76ers this week. Coach Brett Brown signed the three-year contract extension. Pretty good dudes. Ben Simmons is dating Kendall Jenner, right? Pretty good, right? And Brian Colangelo, the team's president of basketball operations, was accused of running several anonymous Twitter accounts, some of which were posting sensitive team information, this according to The Ringer. The Ringer. The website, The Ringer. And and, and some of the stuff he's writing, like uh, uh, Okafor having failed a physical that scuttled a mm-hmm. trade, you know, stuff that's really inside information. Why would he do it? What's the upside? What's the purpose of even doing this? It's ridiculous where it's really, it comes down to, I believe it was Brian Colangelo. It hasn't been proven yet, but let's just say for the sake of argument, it is. Let's go down that road just in case. Okay. Okay. Like, why would he do this? Why would he go on these burner accounts and just kind of like clear his head? Essentially, it's got to be some sort of therapy to just... (laughs) <laughs> vent right I, go to the I gym know. brian go to the gym and right. stay really Burn it's basically it the same thing as going to the gym and essentially it's like uh two dudes in the locker room that he doesn't know just being like you know what jalil okafor he went and danced at the meek mill show when he's hurt like what's up with that and then just walking out of the room like how much good does that really do that's essentially what he was doing with those burner accounts on twitter it's not like he had a ton of followers. He's an anonymous guy, you know? So he's just letting off steam. I don't know why, as a professional, you would do that. And I don't believe for a second this is his wife. Why would you believe she has all of that inside information? Do you yeah, think that, that Brian Colangelo is that talkative at the dinner table? Really? Well, he's got to push it on his wife. And initially, I thought maybe it was his wife because maybe she's involved. But when he had the situation on that burner account that uh, uh, Okafor failed a physical and that kind of killed a trade, right? I don't think his wife would know that. I don't think his wife I, should know that. There's a lot that. of stuff. I just And to go as in-depth as these burner accounts did, I just I don't see that being the case. And the other thing that you got to keep in mind, how many do you have? How many is, burner accounts do you have? I don't have any. Okay. I just have my normal one. But the other thing, the Ringer set a bear trap. The Ringer reached out to the 76ers and they said, "You know, there's these two accounts that seem kind of fishy. Are they connected to Brian Colangelo?" And so the Sixers got back to the Ringer and said, well, we sat down and talked to Colangelo about this. And the other three accounts that the Ringer didn't mention went to private mode within hours. So if you're walking down this road of, hey, is this Colangelo's wife that's behind it? Do you really believe that in that span of a couple of hours, Brian Colangelo, after meeting with the 76ers, called his wife and was like, hey, hun, just had this crazy meeting about these burner accounts. And then his wife was like, oh, shoot, I got to put these other burner accounts on private. Do you really think that's what went down? No, I really don't. So he's the liar. I don't either. Not J.R. Smith. He's the liar. (laughs) You can't have two liars in one day. You can't have two. Brian Colangelo as well, no doubt. He's a liar, no doubt about that. You know, here's what happened. I mean... He had a statement, I guess, through the ringer, 
website that he denied ownership of the accounts that he posted troublesome material, but he said he did acknowledge that he has one anonymous account. So right. what are you trying to do? Like just say that you know, okay, he's going to tell us that he's not really lying that he did have an account. If you had one, you had five. All right. If you had one, you had five, Brian. Why you I did mean, it, I don't know. And I'm embarrassed right. for his daddy, Jerry, because Jerry's a Hall of Famer. Jerry owned the Phoenix Suns. Jerry was, you know, a mainstay in basketball. Jerry's got to be embarrassed. Jerry's got to be so embarrassed about his kid doing this. It's amazing. Stay off the social media. It doesn't do you any good. It really doesn't. Right. Jeez. Well, and it's one of these things where it's funny because he was talking about uh, Embiid being a bit lazy, selfish, and acting like a tool. <laughs> and this is Brian Colangelo behind all these tweets and all these burner accounts. And really, if you want to talk about becoming what you supposedly hate or what you disagree with or dislike or whatever, if you dislike Embiid's quote-unquote laziness, selfishness, <laughs> or acting like a tool, you shouldn't have five burner accounts talking trash about the guy. You want to talk about selfish? That is selfishness defined. If you're like, Brian Colangelo is a great general manager. Sam Hinkie, he didn't know right. what he was doing. Joel he was commenting lazy. On, on the guy who replaced him in Toronto. The executive who replaced him as general manager. Yeah, Masai Ujiri is talking yeah, trash was, about him. Right. And it's so carelessly done. He's following his son. He's following his son's coach. He's following like players <laughs> from the team on all five burner accounts. Like this reeks of you not thinking you could ever get caught. Right. Really, that's all. It, it's so careless. You never, it never crossed your brain like, hey, Someone might connect the dots and tie me to these accounts. Right. Bottom line is this, as moving forward, does he get fired by the 76ers? Yes. Axed. Like, there's no way this dude keeps his job the way it is. Maybe, maybe he gets downgraded to, like, I don't know, like putting the basketballs on the racks or something like that. I don't think he gets fired. There's no way he he keeps his current title. No he'll way. Be, he'll be fined. He'll be punished in some sort of manner, but I don't think he's going to get fired. I, Andy, I really don't. Andy, you think that he's going to stay the president of basketball operations and we'll the see. GM? He may Do get you suspended, think maybe. We'll see. I, I, Do you, gotta, I'll ask, I'm, I'm holding your feet to the I, fire. I, okay, yes, me. yes. I say yes. I say he There's remains. There's no way. There's okay, no we'll way. See. Can we have okay. a friendly wager? What are we putting yes. on this thing? What do you want? Uh, you know what? Here's the wager. How about we put a if I win, I, if it. I win, I get a burner account. If you win, you get a burner account. That's <laughs> what we do. There's no, uh, I'll tell. I'll tell you coming up next. Just real quick, Andy, why he yeah. will not have that same job title? Okay, we'll do that. Hey, by the way, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. He's Brian. No, I'm Andy Furman. Guess what? Guess what? J.R. Smith and Brian Colangelo aren't alone. We'll tell you why next. But first, our guy Kevin Figures has the latest. All right, guys, we'll start in the NHL where the Washington Capitals got a 3-1 to victory over the Las Vegas Golden Knights to take a two-games-to-one lead in the Stanley Cup Final. Alex Ovechkin with a goal, his 14th of this postseason, while Braden Holtby had 21 saves. Vegas losing consecutive games for the first time in this postseason run. In Major League Baseball, the Mariners with a 3-1 victory over the Rays. D-backs get a home run from Paul Goldschmidt. David Peralta went deep as well. They get a 6-2 victory 
over the Miami Marlins. Giants shut out the Phillies 2-0. Rangers get a comeback 3-2 victory over the Angels in Anaheim. Angels have lost five of their last seven games. Red Sox with a 5-4 victory over the Astros. Dodgers scored eight runs in the seventh inning in a 12-4 victory over the Rockies in Colorado. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore, with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In golf, the Memorial Tournament third round on Saturday, Tiger Woods shot a four under 68. He pulls into a tie for seventh. He he is five strokes back coming into today's action in the U.S. Women's Open. Jutan Ungrain, excuse me, is the 12 under. She has a three-stroke lead over Sarah Jane Smith. Final round coverage begins at 2 Eastern on Fox TV. And in NBA news, Warriors guard Klay Thompson listed as questionable for Game 2 of the NBA Finals tonight as he continues to nurse a left ankle sprain. Reserve Andre Iguodala did not practice on Saturday. He is listed as doubtful. Guys? Thank you, Kev. See you in about an hour. By the way, your help may be needed here. We'll get to that in just about a minute, 33 minutes past the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman, and welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And in less than 10 minutes, we got bottom barrel betting. But... My guy, Brian, knows going to tell me why Brian Colangelo will, in fact, be axed by the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. Go ahead. Tell oh, me. Real quick, Andy. How about Kay Fig? we got to applaud him for some of the names he's rattling off this morning. Good I Lord. These pronunciations. I, do I wouldn't do it. Thank the Lord for Clay Thompson. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> if it was get to that stage of the update, like, ah, thank goodness I mentioned Draymond Green here. You know? Right. <laughs> Props to him. He's doing a good job. I just want to say this in terms of Brian Colangelo, no chance the guy keeps his current gig. No chance. Maybe, maybe he's downgraded. That's the best case scenario because, look, you've got free agency right around the corner. You've got current players, Joel Embiid, Markel Fultz. Like, best case scenario, best case, is that Brian Colangelo is bumping his gums to his wife, and his wife has these burner accounts. Either way, he's still talking trash about his current roster behind their backs. What makes you think a free agent is going to be like, you know what? I want to play for Brian Colangelo. Maybe he'll trash me behind my back. Yeah, I'll sign up for that. Like, they're not as an organization, and they've made it clear, even if this is your wife with these burner accounts, you're out of here. They've let it be known. They're just dotting their I's, crossing their T's right now. But he will not be the president of basketball operations and GM of the Sixers going forward. Well, I say he will, I think because of A, the success they had, and B, I think because of his dad. I really think that his dad's name is going to have a lot to say in it. I know it's going to be serious. He's going to be fine. I think it'll be like a $50,000 fine. I think he may be suspended for a a, a bit, but I really believe he still will remain there. I really do. And I think his dad's name is going to be a lot to be really i i think it means Andy, a lot in the nba you'll see you'll see we'll do you remember see. hawk harrelson the white Sox play-by-play guy different he used animal, to always say, he used to say he gone that's that's brian colangelo uh, he gone 
Well, you know, and you could be right, you know, and, and the allegations are serious, no doubt about that. And the 76ers said they've uh, commenced an independent investigation into the matter. The 76ers did announce that, but we'll see what happens. And if they don't come up with tremendous evidence or they do think it's his wife, I think it'll just be a fine, a slap on the wrist, no. and it will remain in position. But as I mentioned He's coming done. in, well, we'll see. I, I, I hope not. I hate to see people get axed. I really do. Some people deserve it. I mean, right? I do too, but, but you deserve it. If you're going to be that big of an idiot— and have five burner accounts talking trash about your current star it players. It's ridiculous. You it is deserve stupid. to be fired. There was no reason to do it. it. Yeah, there's no reason to do it. There's no upside there. I don't know why he did it. But I said that J.R. Smith and Colangelo may be attached at the hip. I'll talk about basically stupid moves in the world of sports. And we'll go back and forth here because the first that comes to mind, obviously, is Chris Webber. Back in 1993, the national championship game against North Carolina, uh, Weber calls a timeout with Michigan down two points, about 11 seconds to go, except the Wolverines didn't have any timeouts. It resulted in an automatic tee, and it ended Michigan's title hope. So we talk about crazy things and maybe goofs in the world of sports, and, and, and J.R. Smith obviously is leading the pack right now. Colangelo with his stupid tweets, he's right there as well. You got some, I'm sure. <laughs> That's great. You got, you got some, right? Well, I mean, you got to think about the Georgetown uh, game uh, where they, you know, they threw the ball away at the very oh, end against North yeah. Carolina. That's one of the all timers. But you start thinking about professional sports, and of course, you would have the play call with the Seahawks losing against the Patriots and things like that. But in terms of a similar J.R. Smith like play in professional sports, that list gets a lot smaller. You know, when you're just talking yeah. about a mental error. Because you've got all kinds of bad plays, like Buckner, the ball between his legs, and all that stuff, right? Like, but that, but you know what, just, but that wasn't that's a like mental. a George Hill missed free throw, right? right. That's not a J.R. mental error. A physical as opposed to a mental mistake. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I could see that. You're right about that. Well, Jim Marshall, wrong way Marshall with the Minnesota yeah, Vikings. Yeah, that's a good one. You that's know, a good uh, one. Uh, recovering a fumble and running for the wrong end zone. That was back in, like, 1964. He was on the Vikings. He recovered a fumble. Uh, it was after a completed pass. He returned to 66 yards, but he went the wrong way. It went into a yep. safety. you know. And Minnesota still won the game, though. I think it was a 27-22. But you know, that, that was a biggie. But you know what? There was no social media then, so it was big at the time. And you don't really see much of it now. You really don't. They may not well, even have any think about it, film of it. Jim Marshall was a very solid football player. And he's known primarily for running the wrong way. Wrong way, Marshall. Right? And that's what JR is going to be known for. There's not going to be anything bigger on JR's resume when it's all said and done than this mental error at the end of game one. And sadly, I don't, I'm not rooting for it. I don't take joy in that. I actually feel badly for the guy. Like The whole world saw his mistake and is basically making fun of him for that mistake. Think about whatever level that you competed in when you were playing sports in your day, Andy. Yep. Any big mistake. Like, let's say you did something in a high school football game or something in grade school and there's a mistake that you felt horrible about at the time. The whole world didn't know about it. That's the key. Maybe the, the county over didn't know about it. The world knows about JR's mistake. And I hate for him to be in a position like that. I take no joy out of him screwing up to that degree, but it is what it is, man, and you can't sugarcoat it. No doubt about that. You know what? Uh, I went back this in horse racing because I follow horse racing. One of the greatest jockeys of all time, 
Willie Shoemaker. Back in 1957, he rode Gallant Man in the Kentucky Derby and down the stretch was gaining on Iron Liege, ridden by the great Billy Hartack. But at the 16th pole, Shoemaker misjudged the finish line and he stood up. He quickly realized his mistake. He began riding hard again. But guess what? He lost the race. He lost by a nose. He stood up prior to the finish line. But once again, this is way back in 1957. They may not even have any film on this, let alone the fact there was no social media. They don't talk about this. You know, I watch the Kentucky Derby on TV just about every year. If I don't go down, I don't usually see this as a, on the preview show. But believe me, you'll see it today on the preview show of J.R. Smith. How many times do you think they'll show that today prior to uh. the tip-off? Oh, my goodness. And the really. only way for him to be redeemed is if the Cavs win the series. That's oh, yeah. it. Yeah. J.R. Smith could score 40 points a night from here on out. <laughs> and if they lose the series, no one will ever remember it. They'll just remember him screwing up the end of regulation in game one. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a similar situation with Derek Hopper. Remember that? 1984 Western Conference Finals. Lakers led the Mavericks two games to one. Score tied at 108. 12 seconds to go. Kareem from the Lakers missed a hook shot. Harper mistakenly believed that Dallas led the game. He dribbled out the clock. Lakers won 122-115 in overtime, and they won the series four games to one. So the Derek Harper thing is a very similar thing to the J.R. Smith thing. Yeah, you've had some mental errors, but I mean, to the J.R. Smith degree in professional sports, it's not a very long list. It really isn't. And it shouldn't be. You know, think about it. You're at the top of your game. You're a pro. And the two things you need to know at all times is time and score. Time and score. All time. That's paramount. Paramount when you play the game, right? Time and score. Yeah. I like how you say say paramount, too. You go month. You know, interesting pronunciation sometimes, Andy Furman. I like I, it, man. A little twist. How do you say, you. what is it? Is it zero? Is that the one? What's zero? the one that you say ought Oh, zero. Zero's ought. Or O. Is it O? You go ought, ought into? Ought. Ought. I ought to do this here. Yeah. Ought. ought. <laughs> so the, the Cavs could go down ought two in the ought. series? Two ought. If they lose? Two nil. Two ought. Okay. Two ought, two nil, whatever it might be. However, gotcha. we move on. It's Brian No. It's Andy Furman. By the way, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. But there's no room for blunders in this game. Bottom barrel betting is next. Bottom barrel betting coming right up about 11 minutes before the top of the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman, of course. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. we got a game to play. Let's do it! You got that thing for me? It's bottom barrel. Oh, no, I thought you was late. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Yes, it is. And your host, the one and only... Ryan Dennis. Hello, RD. Hello, guys. Welcome to another edition of Bottom Barrel Bottom Barrel Betting, or Bottom Barrel Baiting, as Andy Furman says. <laughs> uh, we'll start it off. Good. i got to give Andy a little credit here. So our first one from last week was Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. He said 42-11-8 for LeBron, and his final for the night was 35 15 and nine, so pretty close. I'm pretty almost almost spot on, but it didn't matter because I lost uh, anyway, Brian right? got the under and went two for three and took another one wow. this week. So there you go. We'll start. I'll out, take the win, yeah, Andy we'll Furman. I will Brian take the here. win and keep. I, I'm more on. daring. I'm more daring than you, though. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll st- uh, this one. 
We'll go all NBA Finals edition here for our bottom yes, barrel betting yes, because sir. let's be honest, it might be over by the next time our show is going on next week, but we'll see. Starting with game two later tonight, over under one and a half technical fouls combined between both the Cavs and the Ooh. Warriors. Brian. Ooh. One and a half combined. I'm going to take the over. I mean, we just need a Draymond Tech. You're uh, usually Tristan good for Thompson, one. he picked up, yeah, he got a flagrant two. That was a complete overreaction, you know? So I think that on the heels of game one, the officials are going to be trigger happy. They're going to try to set the tone, and if there's any sort of, you know, like stare down or exchange, they're going to tee up somebody. I'm going to take the over on that one. You know what, though? You make a great point to the fact that the officials might be trigger-happy, but I think that the players will know that. So I'm going to go the under. I'm taking the under because I think they'll know uh, what's at risk. So I'm taking under. All right. All right. We got a, we got a little discrepancy already. I like it. Game yeah. three is going to be the first of the series in Cleveland. <clears throat> yes. LeBron put up 51 points in game one at Golden State. So now the question is whether or not he can do something similar on his home court. Like I said, LeBron had 15 rebounds in Game 7 against the Celtics and 8 against the Warriors. In Cleveland, over under 10.5 rebounds for LeBron James in Game 3. Andy? Hmm. I'll say over. Wow, skipping forward to Game 3 already. This is outside the box by you, I mean, let's hope he's healthy. I mean, he gets poked in the eye again by Draymond and we're in trouble, but I'll say over. So the line is what now again? 10.5? 10.5. Yeah, and uh, the way I figured it, if it's going to be over... This week, you might as well try and get each game in there, you know? Um, You know, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I think that this series is going to be more focused on scoring. Not that he's going to just say, screw it, I don't need to rebound whatsoever. But 10.5 is pretty high. I'm going to take the under. Mm-hmm. All right. And like mm-hmm. I said, we're trying to get a little bit of everything in here, so we're switching over to game four here for you. Wow. Yes. Oh, my in, gosh. Yes. Well, wow. In Kevin Durant's last three games... <laughs> Two against the Rockets, one against the Cavs. His combined point total has been 83 points. So, in games two, three, and four coming up this wow. week, over under 90 and a half combined points for Kevin Durant. Brian? Wow, two, three, and four, 90 and a half. So, quick math, you got to average 30, uh, carry the one, add the three. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say slightly under. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying a lot under, a lot under. He doesn't have to score because he's got Steph Curry and he's got everybody else on that team, so I say under. No doubt about that. There you go. All That's right, it, thank guys. you so much. Hey, you know what? We're going to tell you what to do if you don't like the Cavs-Golden State playoffs. Brian Noah and Andy Furman have the answers next for you here. We have an interesting number for you that's coming right up. But right now, it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. This is the hour of power and the power hour, that is. And there's no one more powerful in the world of sports than my partner and friend, the one and only Brian No. Oh, we made it this far, B. How you doing? Doing great, Andy. Glad to be with you here on a Sunday morning. And let me ask you this. Anything. As we get closer to game two this evening, right? Yes, yes. What are the chances we get half the storylines from game two compared to game one? 
Well, I don't think you're going to see any mental miscues tonight. I wouldn't think you would. You don't normally see that in a game anyway. I think the officiating will be a lot better. The officiating of second uh, certainly uh, left a lot to be desired in that game. Uh, and I think that you're going to see two high-powered teams. But you know, the funny thing is, and you mentioned this, and I, I think about this a lot, back in August, back in September a year ago, before the NBA season even started, before the balls were taken out of the closet, before they started even dribbling basketballs, people were predicting, and rightfully so, that it would be another Cleveland-Golden State final. And they're saying ho-hum. Now, all of a sudden, they're not, most people aren't saying ho-hum anymore. They, they can't get their teeth into this series simply because of not the teams playing, but the drama associated with the games. Well, look, the drama in Game 1... It, it was a lot of entertainment value. It really was. And it wasn't all bad for the NBA. It was all bad for J.R. Smith. <laughs> you don't want to be the butt of every joke. But in terms of the focus and the conversation that it generated, Game 1 was a grand slam. It was fantastic. But I just I look at Game 2, and I don't know that the Cavs can keep it close tonight because... To not let Game 1 and that disappointment factor into Game 2 whatsoever, I just don't see it happening, man. I think they get boat raced tonight. The only thing that could really come into play is if Klay Thompson's ankle is a big-time issue. But I just think that when the Warriors have a run, and they will at some point, I just don't know mentally if the Cavs can withstand it. You know what? You you make a great point, and and I really can't argue with that because you would think that the Cavaliers' psyche is deflated. However, if I'm the coach, if I'm Ty Lue, which I hope I'm never a coach because the next game I coach in the NBA will be my first. If I'm the coach, I go in the locker room and say, guys, here's the deal. You know, it's very, very easy for me to say, forget about game one. I know you can't. It's difficult. But here's, here's the plan. Here's the plan of attack. When we came here, when we came out here to the Oracle in Oakland, our plan was to split. You want to split on the road and come back to Cleveland. So we still have that opportunity to split. It doesn't make a difference how we lost the game. We lost the game. But now we have a shot tonight to come away going back to Cleveland one game apiece. And that's what we want to do. We want to steal one game from them at the Oracle. That's all I say. That's my pregame talk to them. Right. Well, I mean, I would look at it where it's forget about game one. The shoulda, coulda, woulda stuff, it doesn't amount to anything. It can't help us right now. I would just look at the advantages that the Cavs have. I'd preach and be like, look, man, we killed them on the boards in game one. We're going to do that all series long. You look at the pick and roll, when you get Steph Curry matched up on LeBron, we are Mm -hmm. going to eat that guy alive. So it's like, look at our advantages. Don't just look at what the challenges the Warriors present. Look at what we present to them. How are they going to deal with us? I would just get it into, into that mindset where it's forget about game one, forget about the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. It's all about the advantages that the Cavs are going to exploit. And just start thinking around along those lines. But it is easier said than done when you have that opportunity right there. And not just that it slips through your fingers, the way it slips right. through your fingers with J.R. Right. Smith and the mental error. That is tough to overcome, man. You know what, though? You could almost say, looking back, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty and foreshadowing, whatever, when Curry made that shot from about 35 feet out at the end of the first half, that was like the foreshadowing of, like, there's no way they're going to win. I mean, that, that three-pointer, did you see that shot that he made at the end of the first half? 
That 35-foot, almost from yeah, half Yeah, of course. Court. It was unbelievable. J.R. Gamble, which oh, he shouldn't have done. Geez. So he bookended the halftime. I, I don't even the, think that shot hit the, <laughs> I don't think it hit the rim. I think it was swish. I think it went yeah, right through. I disagree with you, Andy. I mean, look, the Warriors went on their normal third-quarter run. That's when I thought, okay, when it got to double digits and the Warriors had a big lead, I'm like, all right, this is probably a wrap. But it wasn't. You know, yeah. The Cavs came back. They had a lead late. They led by two points when that call got reversed with 36 seconds to go. They still took a lead after that reversal and KD made the two free throws. They had a chance with George Hill to go up by one in the final seconds. So no, I didn't think at all it was foreshadowing that they were cooked when Steph Curry hit a three to tie it at halftime. You know, it's funny because so many of the lesser round games were blowouts. They really were. And you would think that maybe with the 12.5-point, 13-point spread on this game, that game in Oakland, that Oakland would blow them out, and that was not the case. This was probably one of the better playoff games throughout the entire playoff series. It really was. It was. It was was fantastic. Great, great game. And you think that your memory is going to serve you well going forward? There are monstrous games that you'll just forget You know, like even take the Warriors and Cavs, the last three finals. There are some some of those situations that just kind of run together, you know, Yeah. where you don't remember it completely clearly. You will not forget J.R. Smith's blunder at the end of game one. You you won't forget forget it for years to come, for years to come. Right. Absolutely not. And you should remember that because you'll never see it again. That's why you don't want to forget it. But, you know, it's funny. We are really talking heavy-duty NBA. And I live in a city that does not have an NBA team. So, yeah, the sports at 11 o'clock on TV, they're showing highlights. Now they're talking about it because the ABC affiliate obviously is carrying the games. So they're, they're, they're doing their deal to kind of promote it. Throughout the entire year, you can't find an NBA score with a search warrant on television. And it's very difficult to even see the standings in the newspaper locally. They're on the agate page because obviously there's no real hit, hardcore interest. There's no team here. And now all of a sudden it's so popular, and I got to believe the popularity for these playoffs, not so much because of the drama that happened the other night, is because of the timing. What do I mean by that? There's no football. And I went back and checked some stats from Sports Illustrated. Last year's Pro Bowl, and everybody kind of makes fun of the Pro Bowl, and the NFL says they want to eliminate it and change it. The Pro Bowl last year drew 11.7 million viewers. Game 7 of the NBA Eastern Finals drew 11.6. So football, to me, is still king. I mean, the fact that basketball is standing alone and there's nothing else going on. I'm sorry, baseball. Really, there's nothing else going on right now that's meaningful. Yeah, it's baseball, but the more games you play, the less they mean. That's why the season's 162 well, I, games. I mean, look, you got a lot of stuff. You got gumbo going on here. <laughs> you got baseball, basketball, football. You got a lot of go- Did you say that the Pro Bowl drew better ratings than Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals yeah, I, this I got, year? You're I talking got LeBron against you. the Celtics? Case in point, this year's Pro Bowl drew 11.7 million viewers, which actually was a significant decrease from last year, 12.2 million but Game 7 of the NBA Eastern Finals, the highest-rated non-finals game by far last season, drew 11.6 oh, million season. viewers. The highest-rated game of the Western Conference Finals was 5.2 million viewers, less than half of the Pro Bowl's viewership. It's, it's amazing when you think about it. The Stanley Cup Finals a year ago, 8.16 million. I mean, so when you think about it, yeah, basketball is the only game in town right now to 
to really maybe wager on or follow or the drama. Now, they'll have a big viewership tonight because people want to see what happened from Thursday. Will there be a fight? Draymond Green says he's going to be Tristan right, Thompson right, in the street. Right. I mean, that ain't going to happen, really. But well, you know what? it's one of these where you forget. You forget about how powerful the NFL is. And just this common takeaway, this tired talking point of, yes, the ratings have fallen each of the last two years, but people take that as if they've fallen off a cliff. Right. right. Like it's, You're exactly it's essentially right. an NFL team going from 14 and 2 to 13 and 3. Really is what it is. That's still an outstanding record, but they're making it sound like the NFL team went from 14 and 2 to 2 and 14. It's like the ratings are still crushing everything right. else. When you have the Pro Bowl that is comparable to big time playoff games in other sports, that should tell you all you need to know. It's ridiculous to make more out of it than there is to make about the NFL's sinking ratings. Yeah, let, let me give you a little kudos here for ba- for football because the Pro Bowl, I'm really and truly, I use the Pro Bowl. We're not even talking Super Bowl because that's ridiculous to even use those numbers. But the Pro oh, Bowl, yeah. $11.7 million. Moving on to baseball. The AL Championship Series between the Tigers and the Red Sox, $7.7 million. All right? While the NLCS Cardinals Dodgers five million, five million. So basically, the Pro Bowl doubled the viewership of the NLCS, and they talk about. And look, I'm to blame. I'll, I'll take blame here because many times throughout the football season, I kept on saying the ratings are down, and yeah, they're down. But we need to preface that by saying, well, they're down, but they're still tremendous. They're down, but they're tremendous. It's like taking a little piece of a of a pie, a chunk, of, a little slice of pizza from a big pizza pie. That's what they've done. It's still big, not that big, but it's big. But you know what? Baseball would love to have that size. No, no doubt, no doubt about that. While we're talking hoops, though, let me just mention this real quickly, Andy please Furman. Do. Where please do some people are calling out LeBron at the end of regulation for passing the ball to George Hill, and I want to coin a new phrase. Okay, you hear the phrase armchair quarterback? Yes. This is armchair point guard. <laughs> All right? Where, <laughs> like, nobody, I, I have a problem with second guessing, Andy, where if you aren't first guessing, you shouldn't be second guessing. Right. So my point is this, when LeBron threw the ball to George Hill and George Hill made the first free throw, do you think people were saying that was a terrible play by LeBron James? Do you think they no. were saying he needs they to be said more assertive? He yeah, it wasn't a play. Right. They, they said it. Right. They, they're, they're giving LeBron the heat because George Hill missed the free throw. That's right. And, That's right. And he missed it because and it's he a choked. Joke. It's, he made the right play. And you weren't saying that when George Hill made the first free throw and he right. was about to take the second free throw. You weren't sitting there saying bad play by LeBron. You were sitting there thinking, hey, man, they're in a great position. He's an 80% free throw shooter. It was LeBron clunker. made the right play in that yeah, instance. He sure did. It was a clunker. Look, there are times where he's, he's too passive and he should be more aggressive, but that was not one of those instances. And I don't agree. flip-flop because you know in that moment you weren't sitting there questioning right. LeBron before George Hill missed that second free throw. And when you miss a free throw by just clanking the front of the rim, that's a choke job. Yeah, he, he, he just felt the pressure. I, he look, did. He absolutely and I felt good. But it tells me that he's human. I mean, some guys have, have ice in their veins. Some guys, it doesn't make a difference. To him, it made a difference. 
because he probably has Do you has want a, the guy who's human at the free throw no, line, I as don't. you put it, or the no. guy with ice in no, his veins? No, I vein. want Steph Curry there. I want Steph Curry. Right, right, right. I want ice water in the veins. I don't right. want, man, that no, guy but sure it, but it is shows human. me that he's human. <laughs> I wasn't happy about it, well, but yeah, I said, you know what? He's human because a, a high school kid would probably do the same thing, Right. I, I don't know, Andy. It's a stretch to me, man. I just want you to knock it down. You know, yeah, you got to deal with the pressure somehow. I right. don't have a problem with him missing a free throw. You know, it, but that was a bad miss. That was a clunker. If it's just, yeah. you know, like rattles in and out, right, stuff happens, you know? Well, hits the back that of the rim. That wasn't anywhere comes close. No, yeah. in the front of the rimmer. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah. And you talk about people that are not happy with this Cavalier Golden State Series. I tell you what, Adam Silver had the answer the other day because he had the State of the League address, the State of the League address. And he said, if you don't like Golden State Cavs, then the team should spend their money more wisely and prudently. Oh, yeah. That's what the commissioner says. That's a that's a real wise statement. Spend your money wisely or more wisely and prudently. Oh, come on. I mean, really? Is that the answer you're giving the media at your State of the League address? I mean, come on. You, you really should say we'd like to shake it up and have more, more of a balance in the league. I mean, really and truly, when, well, the, when, when the experts, when fans, when schmucks like me can say in August it's probably going to be Cleveland and Golden State again, I don't think that's such a good thing. Well, I wouldn't... I would just prop up Warriors and Cavs. I would just say, look, man, you got some of the greatest players in the history of the game doing something that's unprecedented, meeting for the fourth straight time. Just prop that up. I wouldn't point the finger and be like, hey, these other teams, I mean, figure it out. Like, It's like KD joined a 73-win team. You realize how difficult it is? To make comparable moves and compete with that? Right. It's not easy. So just just promote what you have instead of pointing the finger at the owners not making the right moves. Or make the a positive GMs out of it. making the right moves. Yeah, yeah that make a a positive. that's all you got to do. That's what we do every Sunday. We make a positive out of sports, even though I don't like graduation parties, but that's okay. I go. I still go. Hey, get us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you at the No Show, NOE Show, at Andy Furman, FSR, or give us a holler, 877-996-6369. Six nine. Now, we've got Alex Marvez at the bottom of the hour. If you don't know, he's the Sheik. He's Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider. Follow that with nose picks. It doesn't get any better than that. And, of course, as always, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. And all of a sudden, why are we hearing about this again? That's next. We thought it was case closed. Not so. We'll get to that in just about a minute. 21 past the hour. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. By the way, we're brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? Well, it means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. And in less than 15 minutes, bottom of the hour, 8.30 Eastern, that would be. Alex Marvez, the Sheik, Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider, will join you at that time. And Brian, no, we got a little NFL news here for you. And and the news really is somewhat confusing because the Hollywood Reporter of all places is bringing back this 2015 story and it's back bigger and juicier than ever before. Peyton Manning with PED use. I mean, is it a whole homer? Does it mean anything? And we'll ask Marvez maybe the bottom of the hour about basically what it means for his legacy because what can they do to him now? It's just, I mean, look, man, it's... In this day and age, I, just, I can't believe any athlete 100% who says, I have no involvement with PEDs. Or, I, I have no idea. I wouldn't do that. It was just a supplement. I had no clue. 
I just can't believe anybody with 100% certainty because there's so much money to be made. Mm-hmm. There's so much fame to be gained where I'm not going to believe anyone wholeheartedly. I can't. I've been burned too many times by someone that I believed was telling the truth and they ended up lying through their teeth, J.R. Smith style, after game one, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and why I bring this up, because I don't think it's that big of a story right now. They said that some HGH was sent to his home under his wife's name and this was way back in the day, what, 2015? And you know now Peyton Manning is is out of it. I mean, he's not playing the game. I want to bring it back to present and unchanged sports. I want to bring it to LeBron James. Why I do that is not that LeBron James has been using any HGH or PEDs, but the legacy factor. That's all I hear. Legacy, legacy. You know, look at his stats. That's what it is. He's the greatest player on the face of the earth right now. And right now they talk about his legacy. He has to win this. He has to do this. What about Peyton Manning's legacy? If, in fact, this is comes comes to pass that he had used HGH, will that affect his legacy? They still say he might be the greatest quarterback or maybe the top three of no, all time. No. I mean, come on, really? How, why wouldn't it affect his legacy? And, and if LeBron doesn't win uh, maybe six titles, right. he's got three to go, it's going to affect his legacy? I don't get it. Well, I really don't. I mean, look, I don't understand why using PEDs in football doesn't matter. <laughs> Like people make it out like it doesn't matter whatsoever, which is strange to me. You're talking about getting an unfair competitive advantage. Why wouldn't it matter in football? Of course it does. But I'm just telling you what the mainstream reaction is. They just don't care. It's like Brian Cushing won Rookie of the Year and got popped for using PEDs. They revoted, and he still won it. Like right. they just don't care. Right. And so, like this Peyton Manning story. Is think about it. If you break it down, it's not whether you think it should or shouldn't. It's not going to severely affect his legacy, even if he was caught red-handed. So it's like, if that's the backdrop of it, why would we spend a whole lot of time about a story that's how many years old now? You know what you're I mean? T- like, right. You're exactly right. You know, I, I tell you the story that we should be talking about, this Aaron Rodgers thing, because you talk about legacy. He may have a legacy as far as his contract is concerned because he wants some sort of an out clause that would allow him to renegotiate his deal if and when it's leapfrogged by other quarterbacks, which really and truly is somewhat ingenious when you think about it. Well, it's something you see in the NBA all the time. Mm-hmm. Look at LeBron, look at Kevin Durant, the biggest stars. They have opt-out clauses. Uh, they have opt-in clauses, right? Where it's like uh, LeBron, next year, he could say, you know what, I'm going to opt-in, I'm going to stay here with Cleveland. Or he could opt-out and say, I'm going to be a free agent and try to get more money somewhere else or go to a different situation. So it's the same concept with Aaron Rodgers. And it's smart in football, especially with these quarterbacks. Right. Look at how the money keeps going up and up and up and up. Matthew Stafford gets leapfrogged by the next guy. Jimmy Garoppolo gets this huge deal. That's leapfrogged by the next guy. That's just the way it goes. So for Aaron Rodgers, if you're signing a four- or five-year deal, all of a sudden you're getting well below market value just a couple of years in. So it makes all the sense in the world to say, no, no, no. No, if I dip below market value, I want to be able to opt out and renegotiate. So we'll see if this becomes way more commonplace in the NFL because you see it all over in the and NBA. And I don't blame him because he signed the contract in 2013 for $22 million and Matt Ryan right now is getting 30 He's getting $30 million. So we'll see what happens on his next deal. And really, when you think about it, 
his next contract will be his last in the NFL. So he wants to hit a home run with that. There's no doubt. I mean, and, and when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, you know, in, in many people's minds, if he's not the best quarterback, he's in the top three right now active quarterbacks in the National Football League. Right, and he's just trying to look at the leverage. You have him only in the top three right now? Well, where should he be? Top one? I mean, Brady, I, put him, Rogers. I put him below Brady just because of the injury issues, right? right? Like, Aaron Rodgers has the mobility and when healthy, just this right now version of Aaron Rodgers in 2018, yeah, I would rank him ahead of Tom Brady, but I can't expect him to be there for all 16 games in the regular season. And I just can't. He's been injured yeah. far too much. We saw what happened to that Green Bay team when he went down. They went down. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And it amazes me that a 40-year-old quarterback – you know, doesn't go down. I mean, think about it, that Tom Brady is coming back this year at 40 uh, and really, is it luck? Is it the team that that you play for or with the offensive line that blocks for you? I mean, uh, the release pattern. I I don't know why Aaron Rodgers continues to get hurt and Tom Brady, you know, just scoffs it off. I I think some of it is, is luck. I really believe that. Well, yeah, luck factors in, sure. I don't think we're talking about a collision yep. sport like the NFL. If you, if Anthony Barr falls on you and your collarbone goes one way, yeah, you're going to be on the shelf. That's just the way yeah. it goes. You're right. Um, Tom Brady wasn't soft when he got hit by Bernard Pollard way back in the day, and he tore his ACL. You know, injuries happen, but for Tom Brady to stay as healthy as he has for so long, he is tough. He's very tough, and he is fortunate. There's a lot of fortune that goes into that because if you fall the wrong way, you're on the shelf, man. There's no two ways about it. You can't play injured. Well, I I understand that. But to me, I mean, that position, you know, is like you're one hit and you're gone. And we've seen it in so many teams. And we've talked about how important the backup is. We saw what happened with the Eagles this year. And for Tom Brady to come in and out every single week for so many years, yeah, he had that knee uh, knee situation several years ago, but it it amazes me. I mean, that to me is almost as amazing as the statistics that he's put up over the years when you think about it. Well, we say that with LeBron, for LeBron to be available. Think about the NBA playoffs with Chris Paul getting injured. Andre Iguodala's been on the yeah. shelf quite a bit. You see all of these Clay injuries. Thompson maybe tonight. Right. Yeah. And it's not to say that they're soft. They're unlucky, right? But it speaks yeah. to LeBron. He Think about Larry Nance Jr. who fell into his leg in Game 6. And then he goes out in Game 7. He's all-world, plays all 48 minutes, scored 51 points in Game 1. We're just talking two games removed from a player falling into his leg. That put Steph Curry on the shelf for six weeks, you know? Like, LeBron is just on a different level in terms of availability in the NBA and always being there in the big moments in terms of being upright and healthy. It's amazing. You're certainly right. There's no doubt about that. Brian No, Andy Furman. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. His return is this team's biggest addition. The Sheik, Alex Marvez, tells you all about it next. But first of all, guy, Kevin Figures for the latest. 
All right, Andy, some Major League Baseball from Saturday night. The Diamondbacks have won four of their last five. They get a home run from Paul Goldschmidt in a 6-2 victory over the Miami Marlins. Giants get two hits from Joe Panic. He also scored their only two runs. They shut out the Phillies 2-0 for their third straight win. Mariners beat the Rays 3-1. With the Astros lost to the Red Sox, Seattle now moves into a tie for first place in the AL West with the Astros. Padres beat the Reds 8-2. Rangers with a comeback win over the Angels in Anaheim 3-2. Dodgers get two home runs from Jock Peterson. Matt Kemp with his ninth home run. He leads the NL in batting with a 347 average. Dodgers with a 12-4 win over Colorado. Cardinals walk off the Pirates. Colton Wong with a home run there in the ninth. Royals, Twins, and Brewers each with victories. Nationals with a 14-inning win over the Braves. Ditto for the Cubs who had a 7-1 14-inning win over the New York Mets. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit a true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Stanley Cup Final Game 3, Washington Capitals with a 3-1 victory over the Golden Knights as Braden Holtby at 21 saves. Vegas loses for the first loses consecutive games for the first time in this postseason. In golf, third round of the Memorial Tournament, Tiger Woods finished with a 4-under 68. He is tied for 7th at 5 strokes back at the U.S. Women's Open. RSU Tonogram is 12-under. Final round coverage begins at 2 Eastern time later today on Fox TV. NBA notes Warriors guard Klay Thompson listed as questionable for Game 2 of tonight's NBA Finals as he nurses a left ankle sprain. Gentlemen. Kevin, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us this Sunday. We usually have our other gentleman with us, but he's not there today. And We're talking about the one and only. I won't mention him until next week. Alex Marvez coming right up. Brian No, Andy Fermer. I want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com. Or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easy. I better mention his name. He may be calling in. Ralph Irvin's the guy. We'll see him next week, I'm sure. But nose picks in about 10 minutes right now to the Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline, the one and only Sheik Alex Marvez with Brian Owen, Andy Furman. Hello, Sheik. How are you? Gentlemen, doing just fine on this Sunday morning. We got, I think it's 95 days until the start of the NFL regular season. And for some of us, can't get here soon enough. You're exactly right. You know, take a look at those New England Patriots. They didn't draft a linebacker until round five. They didn't sign one in free agency. That's because they're counting on the return of Dante Hightower. And after he missed the second half of the 2017 season and the players with that torn pectoral muscle, uh, is this a good gamble or not for them? Well, I mean, you know, they paid Dante a decent amount of money to be a core player for them. So I think, yeah, I think it is a good – I mean, he's a difference maker because he can, he can basically do anything. He's one of those ubiquitous types of linebackers that, you know, he can cover, he can rush. I mean, he's a presence on the outside. He's a big-bodied guy. You're right. But, you know, when you look at this New England defense, though, too, Andy, I mean, they've made some changes, significant changes during the offseason in terms of what they've done on the defensive line, trading uh, for Danny Shelton, signing Adrian Claiborne away from the Atlanta Falcons. And these are guys that are going to fit heavy into the run rotation. And, uh, you know, but I'm with you. And, and But, you know, linebackers are in- an interesting breed. You know, I really believe that there's a possibility that they could eventually make another roster move to bring someone else on board. And, and hopefully that person will be happier than Curtis Marsh, the guy who's <laughs> vetched about the way the Patriots did their yeah. business this past week. You know, Alex, we've got this story with Brian Colangelo of the 76ers yeah. with these five burner accounts. And I just started thinking while we're interviewing you, if the same story happened in the NFL, I think that people would be overreacting and tying it to all the other things where it just seems like there's this cloud of negativity around the NFL. 
Do you think that the the NFL, I don't want to go off the deep end, but in terms of the negativity that keeps on being talked about with the NFL, do you think that it's reached the high point over the last decade, the last two decades? Well, I mean, in terms of viewership and things like that, it, it may very well have. I mean, we, you know, a couple things have to happen here. First, I think you need some more generational type players, and that's easier said than done, right? But you know, why did people watch the NFL during the '90s and 2000s? Part of it, well, Peyton Manning, and then Peyton Manning retires, and, and there was a dip in ratings because of that. And as much as the NFL tries not to be a star-driven league, a la the NBA, where it's team, and I can understand that based upon very different rules and the number of players that are involved, Mark players still sell. And that's where the NFL has to hope that this quarterback class, you know, these guys are all battling for years, just like Big Ben, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning are from the class of 2004, that Saquon Barkley provides a spark. I mean, that's, that's really what triggers it, right? And think about last year. How many marquee guys for the NFL went down? I mean, we could talk about national anthem protests all we want, or people getting turned off from the game because it's too violent, or maybe it's not violent enough. I mean, you know, we, we beat up football in that regard, but no Aaron Rodgers. Right? He had no Deshaun Watson. I can go down the list of marquee players. David Johnson of Arizona, who's obviously a fantasy darling, maybe not a marquee name per se, but a lot of folks watch, you know, the NFL for fantasy football. He goes down in week one. You get my point here. I mean, I think that's the thing that, that really, you know, with the NBA right now, they're on a roll because they have stars. And in the NFL, they need another generation of stars to come up to help fill that, that gap because right now we're missing it. Uh, you know, somewhere between Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and that next young group of quarterbacks, Backs, they, they're just it hasn't really happened yet. Alex Marvez, I'm glad you mentioned the name Peyton Manning because I want to know why all the fuss on this Hollywood Reporter story related on Peyton if found that he did use HGH. What could actually happen to him anyway right now? It's uh, the only thing that would happen to Peyton Manning. Well, I mean, let's let's play this out a little bit. If if Peyton Manning admits to HGH use, then do we start to question his records and his football accomplishments? I mean, does anyone want to go that far? We all like Peyton. I love dealing with him as a media member. It's tremendous. But I mean, you got to call it like it is. If Peyton Manning used HGH, he may say. And and this is again, these are court documents that are really nebulous right now. I I still don't understand what I read from the Hollywood Reporter. It, it's it's interesting, but Peyton. Manning Manning has denied, you know, using HGH in a, in a previous statement, said he was threatening to sue Al because Al Jazeera never came out. But if indeed Peyton Manning used HGH, he can claim, yeah, it was for recovery and, and you know, recuperative reasons. But it would still, I mean, at that point, you have a player in the, in the NFL who's beating NFL drug tests, who's taking HGH, maybe to heal his recovery, but is it providing him an extra boost on the field? Do we start putting an asterisk by his name? I mean, think about that. What if you have an HGH scandal involving a Major League Baseball home run hitter? that's involved, right? And, and we start talking about that and do those home run numbers hold up over time or do you need to put an asterisk by that? So I think that's the significance of it as much as anything else. Did Peyton Manning use an, a barred substance to gain a competitive advantage during his time playing in the NFL? And if it did, how do you reflect upon his NFL legacy? Hey, listen, much like Tom Brady when he went ahead and used you know, deflated footballs, you know, and he could say, oh, I didn't know, or this is all, you know, this is BS, or they never were deflated, but you got to start to wonder a little bit there about that as well. When it comes to, to Tom Brady and, okay, how many times was he throwing touchdown passes with an underinflated football? I mean, it's a fair question to ask. That's why I think it's news. Mm-hmm. Alex Marvez, I locked in a $50 bet yesterday. Ooh. Let me walk you through this, okay? Nick Wright, he runs the board for a show on Saturday before I host my show with Ephraim Salam. And so we'll talk before that show begins. He's a big-time Chargers fan. And I said, 
Antonio Gates, he's going to be with the Chargers. And he's like, no, no, it's not going to. We locked in a $50 bet. Are you expecting Antonio Gates to play for the Chargers, which will thus make me $50 richer? I think you're out of that 50 I really no, do. no, no. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I, from, what I, from what I have heard, word on the yeah. street is that Antonio right now, not happy with the Chargers. Uh, that's one. That's one way to look at it. That basically what happened was that when Antonio was told your services are no longer needed, and, and maybe the Chargers, from a financial standpoint, didn't bend over backwards to fit him in, that at that point Antonio sort of wrote them off, and now the Chargers come calling back, and you know Philip Rivers wants him back, but there's some some fences that have to be rebuilt as far as this goes, and I don't know if that comes from a financial standpoint for the Chargers. And I got to be honest with you, I have great visions of Antonio Gates during his heyday. I don't have such great visions of Antonio Gates playing the past two seasons. And I think mm-hmm. if you're the Chargers, one of the things you're going to think about is, even if these guys are more injury-prone and have that history, do you take a look at a Kobe Fleener first? Do you take a look at a Julius Thomas first? Because they're faster, younger players may even be cheaper as well. And do you try to replace Hunter Henry like that? Because, look, Antonio Gates at this point can't do what Hunter Henry was doing, and that is changing defenses. You have to account for him. I don't think anyone's really all that scared of Antonio Gates running the seam route anymore at age 35-36. Plus, Antonio, let's be honest, he had a little bit of privilege to him as well, having been a member of the Chargers for a long time. You have a, a second-year head coach in Anthony Lynn who wasn't around for a lot of it. So while I'm not saying it's, it's going to never happen, I'm just saying that I think the odds are more likely that Antonio Gates doesn't play for the Chargers based on what I'm hearing right now than he does. Okay, he's out mm. 50 bucks. That's the end of the story there. But Alex, You owe me 50 I, bucks yeah, if he does play for the Chargers, Alex. There you go. Earlier this week, Auburn football coach Gus Malzahn called the NCAA headset rule a joke. He said he's capping the number of people on headsets to 20, including 15 coaches. i got to ask you this, because you've been around the block, Alex. Why the fuss, and what's the headset ruling in the NFL? Well, I mean, I didn't even realize there's a number on headsets. Neither did I. Well, you know, the, the one thing that started last year with headsets, uh, well, a couple things through the years, you know, when, when the uh, frequency doesn't work too well in New England, and guys right. like, huh, and, and they're tapping their headsets, <laughs> what, 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 what's going on here? And you have that taken away from you. It seems to happen a lot uh, up in Foxborough. Really strange how their technology works up there, but, uh, but I digress. But, you know, yeah. when the last time we had a helmet controversy was last season, as you know, regarding uh, the Los Angeles Rams and the fact that you'd have Nick Foles come up to the line of scrimmage really quickly uh, once the play was set, then he'd back off from center, and you'd have Sean McVay helping to survey the defense, and then he would give the play call uh, to uh, to Jared Goff 15 seconds before you know, but within the, the time that allotted at 15 seconds, the headsets cut off, and you can't make any more calls. So I think that's where you know that's where it was in the NFL. People say, oh, they're cheating; they're using the headset. No, it, it's it's legal. And Sean McVay was just ahead of the curve and being smart and knowing, okay, we can maybe read a defense and see what's going on if we take a step back. But I, I don't I, I don't really know how many people wear it in the NFL. Why this would be an issue? I mean, look, there's so much chaos going on on headsets as it is, right? But you know, there could also be this too. Let's be honest here, guys. As, as college football expands, these coaching staffs expand, right? And, and we're talking with some schools. They're simply—I don't even know if they have enough coaches to use all the headsets. I'll be honest with you, and, and at the FBS level, so our FCS level. So all that being said, uh, you know, that's actually FBS. But the point is, I don't have an answer for you on the college level. I can just talk to you about helmets at the pro level. All right. Real quick, Alex, we saw. Uh, Hugh Jackson jump into Lake Erie on <laughs> Friday <laughs> because essentially the Browns were 1-31 over the last two years. Basically, that's why he was in there. What do you think the record of the Browns will be this season? What do you see? I think, 
about a six and ten team, you know, but just because yeah. they have some some limited depth. Yeah, you know, but Tyrod Taylor's not going to make big mistakes, and that was a thing that was killing the Browns last year. He's not going to get destroyed taking a snap from center because he's got a really good offensive line in front of him. And look at the skill position players he has to work with. And I think the defense will be markedly improved from last season. They weren't a terrible defense by any means; they were a middle of the pack defense. And when you think about the lack of offensive support, that's impressive. But how does a huge accent dynamic play out now that he's removed from play calling? How much pressures are going to be to get Baker Mayfield on the field? Will he be ready to go if called upon? I mean, these are some questions we can't answer with the Browns. Tough division as well, but but I look at them as about a 6-10 and ten team and making progress. Now, is that enough to save Hugh Jackson's job, or is he going to be in that lake permanently? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Alex, as always, a pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Have a better week. Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider, right here with Brian Owen, Andy Furman, and Fox Sports Sunday. Thank you, Alex. Mazel, mazel. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. By the way, he is Brian No, and basically we are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Now, when talking about fake news, this might be the best, and it's next. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Nose picks coming right up about 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Don't forget, top of the hour, Dan Beyer, Michael Harmon. You can hear them on Sirius XM Channel 83. Get on your iHeartRadio app. And there are many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates. And, of course, we've got nose picks coming up. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. So let's do it. Are you ready for it? Brent Sparky, here's the deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for Nose Picks. All right, Andy Furman, last week, two and one again, which you know what that means. Winning. That's right. Winning, winning. We're just cashing those tickets. Trying Winning. to be above 500. Winning. That's the goal. Winning. So today I'm looking at game two NBA finals. The over is 215. Well, the total is 215. I'm taking the over. I think that the Golden State Warriors, they find a little bit more rhythm. They're feeling out the Cavs in game one. So I think you're going to see a lot more offense in game two. I'm also looking at the first quarter line. 55 and a half is the total. I'm taking the over there as well. I think we're going to see a good yeah. amount of points today. Now, there's a prop bet. Largest lead of the game, 20 and a half. I think wow, this is dangerous, but yeah. I'm going to take the under. I could see that's the Warriors having a 21-point lead, but I, that's a lot of points. I'm going to take the under. So those are your three picks. What do you think about those? I like them. I, I like That's a tough pick, that 20-point lead thing. Yeah. It's amazing how they I come know up it. with some of those picks, isn't it? Some of those bets. It is. It definitely is. But there you go. There's your trio. Cash the tickets. We're looking to go at least two out of three. But it's that portion of the show, Andy Furman. You can go your own way. Anything funny, serious? What do you have for us? Well, I got this. I think it's somewhat funny, but it could be serious, too, because you're talking about fake news moving into the world of sports. Get this. The co-founder of a Newark, New Jersey-based track club that was listed as the host for two bogus meets told the NorthJersey.com on Thursday that he has resigned as a high school track coach. Get this. After admitting to falsifying results of a meet. 
Eddie Green, who co-founded the Newark Flames Track Club, said he submitted fake meat results to NJ Miles Split for the 2017 Brick City Invitational in Newark, and that fewer than half of the nine scheduled teams showed up, despite him reporting results for at least eight teams. Westside High School, where Green was the boys' head track and field coach, confirmed Green's resignation. How do you like that? How do you like them apples? There's a lot of information going on there. Crazy. <laughs> I'll just go with yeah. With my two, Andy, I'll, I'll give you a double dip here. Thank you. Highlighting two NFL players that did some good stuff this week. Aaron Jones, Packers running back. There was a lady at the airport who needed a wheelchair. Yes. So he set the wheelchair up for her. She didn't have anyone to push her. So Aaron Jones pushed her to meet her daughter, took care of her. I thought that was awesome. And how about Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz? So he announced during his charity softball game on Friday that he's got a food truck initiative in Philadelphia this year. It's going to be all free, distributed to those in need. He calls it Thy Kingdom Crumb, which I think is awesome. (laughs) I love it. It's going to have everything from Chick-fil-A sandwiches to homemade lasagna, which is awesome. And he says that his commitment to the community is meant to demonstrate God's love and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some heavy stuff, but awesome work hey, by tell you what, Can't top that up. I tell you what, with that, we'll say adios. See you next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.